this end. See you on the lift. Back attack, dude. Fun for you! Hey, your homies good. Slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice burgundy snowboard. All right, welcome to the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer and, of course, Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts. Now, to my right, hosting with me today, it's Mr. Bob Plum. What's happening, Bob? I'm feeling good. Always honored to be a part of the show, especially well, with our boy who's on here. Absolutely. For people that don't know, uh, what, you're Slush Mag editor and Nitro Photog marketing guy. Is that your thing? Yeah, photo editor of Slush and then, yeah, freelance photographer and, uh, yeah, do marketing and team managing and shoot photos for uh, L1 and Nitro. Cool. Remember to send your sponsor me tapes to Bob's <laughs> direct message inbox. We got Silk producing the show back there on the boards. How are we doing, Silk? What up, fam? Doing good. How's the? I can't see the haircut under the hoodie. Is it's it, it's still in there. Is it still a mullet? Yep, it's still a mullet. No, okay, no changes. Just uh, looks a little different today. Okay, perfect. And uh, the man of the hour, we got Jared Elston in studio. What's happening, Jared? What's up, guys? Uh, stoked to finally make it happen down here. Glad you're in the booth. Uh, for our listeners that don't know who you are, Jared, a.k.a. Big Air Jared, has been on an absolute tear the past few years from filming some monumental clips to pro models to podiums at Natural Selection. Recently just filmed an iconic part in the new Brown Cinema video. He's a truly talented snowboarder that is in his prime. Guy's prime time right now, Bob, wouldn't you say? I don't think he's hit his prime yet. Oh, you don't think so? <clears throat> I'm claiming that. He's still on his way up? I think he's on his way up. Well, let's start by talking Brown Cinema. I would love to hear you uh, talk about the concept and, and how that came to fruition. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, we worked on a two-year project with uh, Brown Cinema. And that's Butter's thing, which originally started with Keegan and Scott Blum and Harrison. But uh, Nick and I used to ride for Adidas and one of the first trips that we like really like started filming for he kind of Alex Sherman who was team managing at the time put us with butters and I don't know we just all worked really well together and then a few years later we kind of started talking about it and then yeah it came to fruition was supposed to do a one-year project that turned into two like thankfully like I think that was the right call for sure um but yeah super special crew like I feel like everyone that I filmed with is like a best friend of mine like truly like I hang out with them all the time so yeah, very close project to my heart, and uh, yeah, stoked to show everyone. So it's, the video's not out as we <clears throat> record this, but it will be out by the time this comes out, yep. um, and and this will be a while ago now for the people listening, but the premiere weekend was this past weekend. Big weekend. How How is the pr the world premiere here in Salt Lake? Uh, yeah, it was very exciting. A lot of people, I think there was like 700 people there, Torment release, Parker got the cover, it was a pretty insane night. Um, that was, yeah, premiere three out of four for the weekend, so it's been a <laughs> hectic weekend, I'm a little tired, but yeah, I'm, uh, it, it went really well, and I think everyone's pretty stoked on it, so yeah, very relieved to see that, because none of us had seen the video until the premiere, so. The was, boys looked pretty hit this weekend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who, was, oh, yeah. who was the most banged up in the Brown crew? Uh, Nick, for sure. Not <laughs> uh, sorry to throw him under the bus like that, but yeah. Well, let's hit a guest question from your brother, who is also a filmer on this project, uh, Jonah. Here we go. What up, Jared? It's Jonah. I uh, just wanted to ask you a few questions. 
What uh, what's the mentality of the Brown crew, and how is it filming this movie versus something like Beta? Um, just want to know your thoughts and how you perceived uh, the whole year, the last two years. Uh, yeah, it's for sure unique. I mean, compared to Beta, it's kind of the same because it was like me, Nick, and Gabe kind of just fucking around quite a lot. Um. But compared to like filming with Ben, like Ben Ferg for his video and like stuff like that, like it's definitely a lot looser of a program. Like we'll have like 10 fucking people in the back country. <laughs> like there's like five guys, like five riders, two filmers. Like it's so hectic and like, oh, well, do we want to hit this? Do we want to hit that? And like no one can really make up their mind, but it's sometimes better that way. Sometimes it pisses me off because I'm like kind of OCD with my filming regimen, I guess. But I don't know. It was really cool, and uh, it was very open. Like, like, yeah, Jonah got out with us this year. He's filming with us now. He killed it. Um, we're definitely not doing early starts. We're we more uh, hit the graveyard shift into the night, kind of get back to the sleds <laughs> at like six p- or to the trucks at six p.m. sort of vibe. Um, but yeah, overall, it's very relaxed mm-hmm. and very like comfortable. I, I'd say absolutely. And your bro also uh, is like mechanic slash airtime guy on the sled slash punching up a uh, breaking trail type of deal, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been calling him the gnarliest filmer in snowboarding. I mean, he's, like, better than everyone at sledding. Like, like at one point, he was, like, the crew was just, like, high at the end of the day, and then Mason wanted to film something. So Jonah was filming and doubling at the same time, and he would <laughs> double Mason to the top and get back down to the camera before Mason had strapped in. So he's just, like, kind of a one-man show. And then, yeah, he can fix anything. He can sled up anything. He's just a complete weapon out there for sure. He doubled me around Logan. That was nice. I'm yeah. not good on the sled at all. I was with you. Oh, yeah. It's like I get there, leave your sled, and then somebody doubles me around. But anytime he decided where he <clears> wanted <throat> to go and he told me where he was going, I was like, oh, there's kind of this easy way over I remember here. remember correctly. <laughs> he's I think not he, taking the easy way up. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then you have Bob who's getting stuck. Like he's hitting the one tree in a flat field. <laughs> Where you have no other hazards around. Somehow his thing just <laughs> torpedoes right into that tree. Yeah. I still get invited out, though. <laughs> he's, he's great He's great once he's off the sled, but when he's on there, it's pretty annoying, <laughs> to be honest. Butters was baffled of where you got stuck when we were Logan last time. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I flipped the sled in the flats right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to go practice my turning and fucking roll that thing right out the gate. Yeah, that was a good day, but speaks to what you're talking about. I mean, there was like 10 of us out there. Ika's out there. I, I was like, wanted to, I got a clip, and it was like nobody, I wasn't stepping on any toes, which is cool. It's it fucking awesome. Yeah, no one really cares. Like, yeah, nobody it, cares. It's like they care, but they don't care. Like they're there to have fun. Yeah. That's the MO of the whole crew. And I think it shows in the video, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I want to talk about a couple specific clips, like the the gap, the big transfer there, Arthur Gap or whatever. You know, I don't even know where that is, but that, that thing looked psycho. It's snowing hard. Yeah, that one was cool because that's in Revelstoke. Okay. Um, and I had tried to back seven that four years ago, filming for Halcyon. There was a lot more snow. It was kind of easier to hit, but I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, but then this year, I was like kind of looking. I'm like, I got to fucking hit this thing again. Like... I don't care if I have to like straighter, like I got to hit this thing. So it was like, I don't know, it looked really good one day, but it was like pretty sketchy, Abbey conditions. And then like, kind of everything got uh, blown off of it. And then like the last day we were there or something, it was like 3.30 or 4, like 
in February, like pretty dark already. I was like, fuck it. I got to hit this. Like, I think I was going to the contest the next day. And yeah, I went over there with mini bike and Jonah and strapped or like built it up and just like hit it like late in the day. And I don't know. It's really, really scary. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, cause you're gapping over this like chasm and like, I don't know. There's like one, you basically have to like land on this rock to like catch this one piece of transition to like make it to the bottom. And it was like kind of, it was filled in pretty different than when Arthur hit it. Like Arthur almost like redirected it. And then I kind of like had to like transfer over to like the other side. So like, yeah, I don't know. It was cool. Arthur, that was crazy to back three that either way, but uh, hit it a little bit different. Um, but yeah. And then also didn't one of the photographers like fall into a hole while you're. Oh yeah. Chad Chomlak was there <laughs> and he was at the bottom and I was like, cause you gotta, like, you can't double it. It's like too naughty to hike up there. And I looked down, there's just, like huge excavation project at the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on down there? Like, I don't even know if I had a radio. So I was just like yelling and they're just like, we're working on it. And then I was like, started seeing like black spots around the the trench. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? And then like Chad sled was like, 10 feet down in a lake like in mud just like so buried like we went and had like we went and cut a tree down and had to put it under the track to get traction to jump it out of there i was like chad what's going on he's like fuck it i'm ready <laughs> just, i'm shooting from here yeah it was so funny but yeah it was hectic for sure i feel like that the group you have in brown probably thrives in that situation as far as like being loose you know I feel like maybe, do you feel like you got more out of it from the way you operated with the different types of personalities versus like a very rigid structure? Like we're getting up at 4 a.m. Um, I think I'm definitely like the most regimented out of the crew. So like I can, I could definitely get frustrated certain days for sure. But I think overall it was like best case scenario for everyone. Like if you're trying to do 5 a.m. days for 10 days straight, that's just going to wear everyone out. Mm -hmm. Like, people are going to be in a bad mood. I'd rather, like, get less clips and everyone be in a better mood, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing I thought was really interesting is how at the end of the year, you guys went to Ian Bull's house and had this kind of, like, five-day editing, I'm not going to say bender, but editing... It was a bender. <laughs> editing get-together where you guys all just kind of searched for inspiration and made the movie and that whole thing. Yeah, it was... It was really cool, and that really made the video, I think. So, like, before I got there, I, I hadn't even picked a song yet, and I was just, like, listening to music with Butters downstairs and just, like, oh, well, this would be sick. Like, let's try this. And, like, oh, shit, that's perfect. And, like, I think that's kind of how the whole crew went, more or less. And then everyone was kind of working on everyone's parts together. Like, oh, what do you think of this? Like, oh, I don't know if I'd use that. Or, like, no, that's whack. Like, oh, dude, that's actually sick. Like, you should definitely use that. Like, that sort of thing. And it was just really cool to, like, have – everyone together on a trip dirt biking like going hiking like chilling like i don't know it was so special and it like yeah solidified the crew i don't know you know yeah absolutely you work all really hard all winter and then you come together for this editing process and there's some magic that gets created and i do have to say like major shout out to butters because all those little details of like there's a clip of you ripping a dirt bike up single track and like there's all these little you doing donuts in the truck and and all these little extra mile details that show people's personality in that video like butters should we give him let's give him the super air horn super air horn super air horn <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Major <laughs> salute. Whoops. Major salute to Butters for that. Yeah, Butters really killed it so hard on that one. And like, I got that from a lot of people was like, it, they felt like they really showed the personality of everyone. And I like couldn't agree more. And like the music, the lifeies, like the overall vibe, like, I don't know. It was really good. Butters killed it. I think that's my, my favorite project of his ever, for sure. hundred percent. And then we got to talk about the Petty song. Like, the, the that song just hits. It's a live version. Uh, How did you come up with that track? Um, Yeah, so I actually hate that I'm saying this, but Brian Fox used <laughs> <laughs> a live song in Energy for the AK section. He used that uh, Bruce Springsteen song. And I was like, fuck, like, I really want to use a live song one day. And I had been listening to, did I, I got, I got like Sirius XM in my new car and that, uh, that song came, I'm like, damn, dude, like I got to use this. Like, it's so sick. And then like YouTube, the live version, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is the one. So I like, I knew in January that I wanted to use this song. Um, but yeah, it just worked. And like, we didn't get music rights for the video and I don't know when I'm going to be doing that again. So I'm like, I'm going to use some crazy shit. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to use Tom Petty, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite clip filmed from Brown? Um, yeah, so I think that front nine um, from Wyoming at the start of the Tom Petty song, I like that one a lot with the ride out and just the way it was filmed. Um, and that was like right after I had won that duel against Gigi and I was like on some crate, like I'd just gotten broken up with. That was the first clip I got after that. And so I was feeling good after that one. And I think it's like good energy in the part for sure. Cool. That's fucking awesome. All right, let's get into a favorite part of the show, Bob. Do you know what this is? Run through the wall trivia. A wall. Welcome to run through a wall trivia. Grab yourself some salt. We all gotta hit a salt. Let's yeah. hit some salt. Go, 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 go. Toss me some over here. <sighs> this is gonna really bring you back to life from your big premiere weekend, right? I know. Here. I need some of this sulfur in me. You might want to just answer every question wrong. Yep. So the concept is you got five seconds to answer every single one of these questions. Five seconds? Yep. That seems short. It is short. And I'm going to count down. And he's going <laughs> to count down. Oh, Bob's going to hit one to start off. You might want to save yourself until you actually got to answer a question. Right? All right. Um, and then uh, we go rapid fire. So you hit the salt. I'm right into the next question. So you got to be on your toes here. Um, All right. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, strong. And this is this is Ben trivia, one. Ben specific trivia, uh, Ben Dude, snowboarding, Ben fucking geographic. Better get this right. Yeah, this is big for your hometown credibility. Um, and yeah, run through a wall, smelling salts available at bombhole.com. We actually have a new brick. I don't know where they went, but uh, check them out. We got a three pack brick. And you just you just press pin- them, pinch it, or have you done a smelling salt before? Yeah, I've done them. These okay. ones look new though. Yeah, you pinch it or break it in half, whatever yeah. you want to do, and uh, it turns red, and that means the like liquid leaked out of them, and you're ready to go. Okay. First question. We got a bunch of them here. First question. What Bend local got silver at the 2018 X Games? Five. Ben Ferguson. Four. That's correct. Bonus question. What was the last hit in his run? Uh, Five. Switch McTwist. Four. Three. Switch double backy to regs. Is that a smelling salt? It's a, now you got to hit a salt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many oh, sunny days went in. does Bend average? 300. A year? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. My Google said 158. So That's not true. I think I am I think wrong about that. You might have to go with the local on that we'll one. We'll go with the local. Yeah. Google. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is the second highest peak in Oregon? Five. Uh, four. South Sister. Three. Uh, Mount Jefferson. Mount it's Mount Jefferson. Jefferson. Yep. Hit, hit another one. Pete's going to okay. be bummed oh. on you for that one. <laughs> Who got second place in the 2012 Junior Jam? 
2012 junior. Austin Smith. What's Gabe Ferguson. Oh What's the junior jam? It's, it's at the U.S. <laughs> Open. It's the, it's the little kids event at the oh, U.S. Open. fucking crying over here, yep. dude. His okay. Five, oh, dude, he's banged three. up. He, oh. He's hit. Homie's hit. Oh. Homie's, Homie's hit. good. Okay. <laughs> what? Right. This is a good one. What real estate <laughs> slash investment mogul slash pro snowboarder Austin has, Smith. Has, had, <laughs> has had the most knee surgeries from bad? And the correct answer is Austin Smith. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Who is the warden of the Bend River Wave? That's Simon Elston. Easy. That's correct. That's your dad. Okay. Uh, Mount Bachelor Summit is what elevation? Five. 10,386. 9,068. Hit assault. 9,068? Yeah, hit assault. God. Okay, this is a hard-hitting one. The next one. He's hurting. Oh, What snowboarder from Bend has webbed toes? Web to, is it Curtis? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's Curtis. I knew that, dude. He's a waterman. I knew that. <laughs> Follow up though. I was like, my original oh. one was what pro snowboarder for Bend was born on a boat, <laughs> and it was. And Austin was like, well, uh, it's not because uh, I heard Curtis was born on a boat. He's like, well, he wasn't born on a boat. He was born on land, but he does have web toes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're doing good. What snowboard shop did Spencer Schubert's family own? Spencer Five, Schubert had four, a snowboard three aspect. <laughs> West Side Ride hit assault. Fuck, I didn't even know that existed. Dude, he needs more salt. <laughs> he's, oh, he's out. Okay, <laughs> what is the best bar in the Cascade world? Cascade West. That is correct. Okay, um, how <sighs> big circumferentially is your head? Uh, <laughs> It's like seven and three quarters or something. It's fucking huge. XL. Dude, my sled helmet is fucking crazy looking. What's bigger, bend or the size of your head? Uh, the size, I guess, my, my head. Correct. That's correct. Okay. Um, how many cars does Jake Price own? Five. Uh, Twelve. Four. 11 6 2 campers No, he owns more than that. 3 I got it. 2 campers, 3 classics, daily driver and a work truck. He owns 6. <laughs> Hit assault. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> this is brutal. Dude, this Fuck. is fucked. <laughs> okay, how much oh. H- how much HGH are you using? HGH? <laughs> What's that? Human growth hormone. <laughs> the homies were talking about how you're getting huge lately. They want to know if you're on the age. Zero. Come okay, on now. zero. Okay. It would explain the big head, though. Doesn't that make your head grow huge? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> how thick are your glasses? Uh, <laughs> these are such black questions. <laughs> these are from uh, the homies. <laughs> uh, I'll just fucking smack them. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Who did you lose to in the finals in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, in natural selection? Sage Gottenberg. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it started out like kind of nice, and then it kind of uh, we just kind of turned into bullying a little bit. Yeah. Any other mean things know. you guys want to say to me right now, and then maybe. Fucking hit one of these. <laughs> For the record, I had nothing to do with these questions. But yeah, <laughs> Curtis Cizik does have webbed toes. Which Frog is... man. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I gotta say props. You hit a new one for every single question you got wrong. Not yeah. a lot of people. Oh, can do you that. reuse them? You're not supposed to. You followed the rules. You okay, like, good. Not everybody does. Okay, yeah. cool. He's Take... also sticking those like right next to his nostril. I'm, did I feel so much better right now when I <laughs> when I walked in here this morning? I was like, "Fuck, dude! I don't know if I got this." 
Hey, what and we- that's why you buy run through a wall smelling salt. Yeah, Provided to you by the bomb hole. <laughs> Go hey. on a bender, feel great, hit assault. Sorry, did you have something you wanted to say? No, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I'm trying to sell some fucking salts here, dog. Quit interrupting. You're doing great. I like <laughs> how with the salts. Everybody else is like, that was horrible. He's like, I feel great. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's doing good. All right, we got some announcements coming at you from the bomb hole. We have an event at Woodward, January 6th. It is the Dust Bomb Ride Day Rail Jam. You got the dust box, you got the bomb hole. We're collabing. We're a huge fan of all the Dustbox members. They bring great energy. So we're doing that event January 6th. It's going to be a ride day in the afternoon, followed by an all-ability levels rail jam where you compete for prizes, good times. If you're a beginner and just hitting a box for the first time, we want to see you out there. And then we'll have a pro rail jam that's competing for cash uh, after that, followed up by live music from your favorite snowboarders, Harry Hagen, Mike Rav, Mikey LeBlanc are be playing are going to be playing music. They're going to be playing some tunes, so it'll be good times. We want some good energy. A lot of people showing up, so it should be a good time. So just show up. No registration. Just show up and bust. And then uh, a couple other announcements. Our website used to be the biggest pile of garbage you've ever seen. We've recently updated it. We're trying to make it a little bit more of a destination snowboard website. So. We added a video section where we upload our favorite videos from the internet. So if you want to get lost in the culture and find your favorite snowboard videos, be sure to bookmark our website. You can also find a link to our Patreon on there. And I just can't say how thankful we are for our Patreon members, in addition to our sponsors, in addition to people that buy merch. Our Patreon is huge for what we do. Uh, If you hear on the show, sometimes you'll hear, hey, Silk, can I get a Patreon question from such and such? Well, that's because... Patreon members know who's coming in the booth real time. We offer an opportunity to ask a question to the guest, and then we may play that question on air. So uh, mainly, it really just helps us do what we do. You get things like discounts at the store, but uh, we just appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. And one last quick way to support if you want to support the bomb hole and you don't want to be a Patreon member, you can just subscribe to our YouTube channel or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify or all three. And on the back end, that really helps us out on all those platforms. So uh, we really appreciate everybody that does that. And we will get back to the Big Air Jair episode. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, it's time to take a quick break and talk about some snowboard bindings. My personal favorites, the Union's. Even before I rode for Union, I always wanted a pair because I think they're just clean. They look the best. I'd always see Scotty Stevens rocking them, making them look good. I run the Force Classic, personally. Uh, The Force has been in the Union collection for almost 20 years, and it's trusted by more professional snowboarders than any other binding on the market. It's designed, engineered, and tested in Italy, and it's always available at unionbindingcompany.com or your local retailer. Also, we got a special giveaway coming out today. Uh, essentially we're giving away a force classic, either black or white, any size and tag a friend who needs a new pair of bindings in the thumbnail photo of Jared. And we will pick a winner and send you guys a pair of union forces, any size, either black or white. All right, guys, it's time to talk about bubs naturals. They always support the show. So we always want to support brands that support snowboarding and at bubs naturals. Today, we're going to talk about their coffee, the Bub's Brew. It's a delicious bean. You know, when you want to get work done in an office environment, you got to stay caffeinated. So we hammer the Bub's Brew 
on a regular basis. It's the first coffee bean to be Whole30 approved. It's USDA organic. It's fair trade, and it's delicious. And 10% of all of their profits go to charity. They also have their Bub's Collagen, which is great for your skin, hair, nails, and can be great for recovery as well. Um, And then they have their hydration packs. So their hydration packs are an easy way to stay hydrated better than water. Um, They're just little packets. You put them in water and there's no added sugars. I think there's over 2,000 milligrams of electrolytes. And simple as that, they taste good, they're good for you, and they keep you hydrated. So if you're interested in picking up some Bub's Naturals, head on over to bubsnaturals.com and use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off your order. All right, let's run it back because a lot of people think you're a Bend local, but uh, I heard you grew up in Montana. I'd love to hear about that. Um, yep, yeah, from Montana, from Helena. My uh, mom's side of the family has all lived there for a long time. Um, and then, yeah, lived like 20 minutes outside of town, This just in the woods, but it's called Clancy. Um but it was really fucking cool. Um, our house backed up to public land, so it felt like we just had like an entire forest to ourselves. And me and my brother and our buddies would like go build mountain bike jumps in the summer, and then we'd have snow and go ride down the hill in the winter. And my dad would like build us boxes and rails and shit, so we could just like. And there was snow all winter long, right? So like you could just like snowboard in the back. Like I would get home from school every day and just like hike a flat bar for so long, and it was like so sick. We had like the floodlights and shit. I don't know. It was really cool. Like Montana's a really cool place. I don't know how to else to describe it. And it's like interesting because it's like Helen is like a pretty whack town. Like there's not much going on. It's like the capital. So it's just like tons of government workers that kind of hate their lives. Sorry to Ellen, anyone from Helena that's listening. Like it's a great <laughs> place, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, but yeah. And so your mom, isn't she like a ripping mountain biking? Your dad's a surfboard shaper and... Yeah, my parents are two insane people. I can't thank them enough for everything they've done for me. But yeah, they uh, they both raced downhill in the 90s, um, like gnarly mountain biking, like all over the world. And then before that, my dad was um, on the pro surf tour in Australia for a while. I don't know what timeline that's at. But uh, yeah, my mom's still mountain bikes. My dad's still mountain bikes. My dad shapes surfboards still. He glasses surfboards for Jerry Lopez, like... They're the shit. My dad's so much better. I'm like trying to learn how to surf. My dad's so much better at me still. He's 60 years old. Like, I don't know. They're so awesome. Cool. And then you guys had a, a snowboard like ski shop or something your family had as a kid? Yeah. So my dad had like a ski, snowboard, skateboard shop in Helena growing up. And that's when like you could like have those kind of shops and they were like worked. So like I feel like in the summer, if like I wasn't like fucking around at the house, I was just like in a skate and snowboard shop. So I was like, always watching the videos, always reading the magazines, like knowing what's up with product all the time. Like I was so obsessed when I was a little kid. Cool. And your dad's Australian and he told me, which I knew, never knew that you were going for like the Australian national team and you were doing like contests and stuff like that when you were a kid. Yeah, for sure. Like teenage years, I was doing like the classic like rev tour, all that sort of thing. And like, cause like we're from Montana. We didn't know like anything about like, the route to becoming a pro snowboarder like at that time it was like okay you do the contest and if you win the contest you're a pro like that's the route you got to follow so we like did that for a while ended up moving to bend like we wanted like the family wanted to move but like we wanted to like move somewhere where we could like snowboard too you know and we had like a tr- good train park there and it's a good snowboard program or whatever um but yeah i think i was like 
doing okay in the contest. And I like, I think I knew that like I wasn't going to make the U.S. team, but I had Australian citizenship. And someone over there reached out about like riding for the national team. And so I was like, oh, fuck, like, sure. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll go to the Olympics for Australia, whatever. So went over there for one of their seasons to like try it out, like rode with the national team or whatever. And it was cool. Like, I feel like I learned stuff, but I just like really fucking hated it. Like it was so like regimented and like Olympic style. And I was like watching all these other people like filming and like doing all these other things. I was like, fuck, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like I'm not stoked. So like after that, that's like when I quit basically, it was like after I tried out for the team. Gabe told me some funny story about you guys going to China for world cup when you guys were kids or something like that. Dude, that was crazy. That was like, I don't know. It was like it was a world championship for slope style, and uh, yeah, Gabe went, Nick went. I think that's where I met Baden actually. And uh, it's like it's a club med, which is basically just like a cruise ship on the ground. And it's like everything's all inclusive, like free bar. So there's just like a hundred fucking like teenage snowboard kids that are just like let loose with an open bar, and like the weather's all shitty and like the course is all shitty. So no one really cares. So we're, we're kind of just getting annihilated the whole time. Um, that's, that's really where I bonded with Nick, you know, um, <laughs> still do that to this day with him. But, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Um, for sure. Killer. So what was your first video project where you transitioned into like filming and stuff like that? So, yeah, that was actually the thing. It was that December after I'd gone to Australia, um, Preston Strout, major shout out, um, hit me up to go film for crunch time which tyler orton was making and i was like they're like oh you want to film for this and i was like yes and like i think that's like when i like made the call to like not do the contest that year i was like no i'm just gonna do this like i'm not gonna go to Colorado and ride jumps or whatever like i'm filming at home and so yeah after i did that i feel like that was like more or less my first big break where i like showed people that i was like good at riding stuff outside of the park or whatever um but yeah, I'd say that's like my first real video. I I heard early on that uh, like maybe when you first moved to Bend, there was this tight group of like kind of clicky homies, um, and it was like a little bit hard for you to kind of like intertwine yourself with that squad. For sure, yeah. Because I, I mean, yeah, I grew up in like small town Montana. Like I was not cool. Like I was like I don't know. I like got into snowboarding, or I was snowboarding. Like these guys were snowboarding. We were all doing MBSCF together. But they had all grown up together, like Gabe, Drew, Van, Nate. Like, that was kind of the squad. And I was like, okay, these are the guys. Like, I'm on their level, but they're not, like, feeling my vibe or whatever. Like, I wasn't, like, trying to party or anything. And they were, like, trying to party in high school. I was like, oh, I don't know. And so, like, they definitely weren't feeling me at first. But then, yeah, just going on trips to contests and shit finally, like, worked myself into the group. And now it's, like, all good or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, it was definitely weird because, like, I went there between eighth grade and high school, like, kind of crazy time to like make a lot lot of new friends you know which bubble's harder to crack the bend bubble or the salt lake bubble probably the bend bubble honestly true it's pretty tight knit it's very tight knit yeah how does bend collectively feel about salt lake city um i think collectively we don't feel that good about it here (laughs) to be perfectly (laughs) honest uh to be nice i guess no, I think your permission to speak freely. You yeah, know? I'm from Massachusetts. None offense, no offense taken. You know, I don't know. I think Bend overall, just the quality of life there is a lot better than here. <laughs> no, like there's like a lot of good things about both, but I just like I don't know. I like I like the small town vibe and 
clean water, clean air. It's nice. The ocean's three hours away, whatever. Jake Price had a couple uh, messages he sent me. Uh, one said, uh, which butte in Bend houses the most pro snowboarders per mile, and how is it being stuck on the east side? Yeah, so they're on Aubrey Butte, which is like the uh, the rich part of town. The elite kind the, of zone. The elite, yeah. So I think, um, but they also bought houses when they were like $200,000. Now they're all worth like millions. So like I can't afford that. Like I live in a shitty duplex on the east side. Um, but one one day I'll get up there maybe. I don't know. He also said something that was cool. He said, I'm pretty sure Big Air Jair was kind of the black sheep of the Bend Snowboard Kids probably some rogue for his sponsors, and he really outshined everyone in the end. A real rags-to-riches story. Ooh. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel I feel pretty lucky. I, I feel, I've felt pretty lucky my whole snowboard life. Like, I've never felt like I was, like... I guess I felt like the odds were stacked against me, but I never, like, felt like it was impossible or, like, I couldn't do it, you know, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Totally. Well, we got a good question from uh, Brian Fox here. Here we go. Let's hit it. Hey, Bombhole. Brian Fox here. Um, Question for Jared. Or maybe just talk to me about, um, yeah, just being with Nitro from Rep Rider all the way up to Pro Model and how that feels and, um, yeah, just the relationship you have there. Hope you guys are both doing well. Have a good time. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Um, for sure, I was so before I rode for Nitro, I rode for a Head Snowboards, which is super <laughs> funny. Um, that's holy like, shit. Yeah, right. Um, but that was like my dad had a good relationship with them from when he had the shop, and they like gave me boards for a while, and then I was like, it, okay. Let me, can I just? I yeah. remember they had one graphic. I like Steve Fisher, somebody at the open. It just said, "I love Head." That was their graphic. <laughs> Tell me that's what you were writing. I wish, dude. That would have been the sickest graphic <laughs> I could have ever had. By the end, I was breaking so I was breaking like ten boards a year. It was pretty crazy. But then I got on Tactics, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna like get you on a different board sponsor." And I think I like tried to get on Rome, and they're like, "No." And I was like, "Ah, whatever, like cool." And then I like went up to the. It was the demo days at Bachelor, and we like I was like going around with. Uh, this dude, Kyle Richner, who was running tactics at the time. And I like, went up to the Nitro booth and Rob Aragon, major shout out. He was there and he like gave me a board on the spot. And I like kind of think he was just like kind of give me a board, just like give me a board, whatever. And then I was like kept on like emailing him and annoying him. And he's like kept on giving me boards. And then like, yeah, eventually like started talking to Knut. And then, yeah, it's pretty crazy to go from like a rep writer all the way to having my name on a board with Nitro. Like, I don't know. It's so cool. And you got the alternator? That's what it's called? Yep. Got the alternator here. Uh, and it's Griff's on there as well, right? Yeah. So Griff and I have kind of been pushing for like a new uh, powder board in the line for a while. Um, and this one is like pretty specialty towards like backcountry freestyle. It's pretty aggressive. I think that like the boards have kind of been in the line, but not really for like going backwards. That's kind of the only difference really that is what we needed. And, but it's directional still. Yeah, it's directional, but it's got a bunch of kick in the tail, so you can land backwards. Cool. Yeah. And then how is it sharing a pro model with Griff, I got to ask? It's cool. I've known Griff for so long, and like we definitely worked on the board together, and I think I probably would have fucked it up if I just told them what I wanted, because I was, I was telling them shit, and like, Griffin's like, no, like we need more side cut than that. And I was like, I don't even know how side cut works. So like, <laughs> Griff definitely like helped out, and like facil- he knew exactly what I wanted, and he knew what he wanted, and like we... I don't know. We nailed it with like the shape, um, and he did all the art for it. So I don't know. It's really cool. Seems, I th- 
from my perspective, I think it's kind of a nice collab because, like, if it was just Griff, you might not see the base of the board. But with you, <laughs> there's a lot of Damn, base in shots, your face. You shots. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you see a lot of top sheet with Griff, <laughs> then you see a lot of base. Yeah, Griff sells yeah. top sheet. I sell base. Yeah, we're a team. We work together on it. I feel like Griff's just on the splitty all the time, though. That thing is split in half, or he's at a different board. Uh. No, not yet. It will be split in half, I think. You guys are going to have a splitty. I, I don't know if that's confirmed, so we'll see. It could be some fake news. We yep. could have some fake news here. Could have some fake you news. dropped that brown part, and now you're thinking of going to turning. What do you think about that, Well, Chris? I, I, I will not be using the split board. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's the difference between turning and giving up? <laughs> Trick question. There is no difference. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could touch on your skills on the skin track, Jared. We've had a couple of fun days out there together. I remember you almost... I don't know, getting kind of injured, yeah, sliding I, I backwards like down every, a sheet of ice. Every time I fucking split board, I feel like I'm going to fall down the mountain backwards. It <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't fuck with skinning. Like, I get, I like the idea of split boarding, but actually, skinning is never that sick to me. What advice have you gotten? Like, how do you do it? Uh, you got to lean back, I guess, is what they say. I don't know. You got to be stronger. I don't know how to kick turn. That seems like a pretty important move to have. Um, I don't know. I don't have the night red granola bars. You don't. <laughs> so if it's your choice, you go in Turby or you go in Split Splitty. That's a dumb question. A turbo a snowmobile. <laughs> I, I pay a lot of money for these ex- snowmobiles that go really fast up mountains. I'm gonna fucking use those. Mm-hmm. The best uh, Brian Fox quote I've ever heard. He's like, people talk about earning their turns. I earned my turns. I earned a bunch of money. I bought a snowmobile. Now I get to get some turns. <laughs> Real. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's good shit. All right, let's talk uh, beta. I went through, you know, looking at your old footage, you were on the steel, man. Why'd you turn your back on the on the rails? What happened? Uh, so I, I was like, like I said, like I grew up like riding, like I was always like rails were my thing. Like I was always in the slope style, like I was always stronger on the rails. Um, but I don't know. Then I like started riding with Curtis and Jake and Austin and I was like, and I think at the time I started filming like trying to be an ATV because like Alex Sherman put me on Adidas. He's like, yep, you're like our young ATV dude. Like you get clips. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like I'm down. And then I was like, okay, these trips are fun, but like you're kind of just sitting in a car all day, pretty cold, like just on your phone. Like, but when you're in the mountains, you're like snowmobiling around, like you're riding powder all day. Like it's, it's just so much funner for me, you know? And then yeah, I think once I was like kind of like free of that like box of like being this ATV kid, I was like, I'm just gonna do, I'm just gonna follow my heart for lack of better words, and just like, I'd rather just be in the mountains, you know. I don't need to be flying down some stair sets. And if I got hurt hitting a rail, I'd be so bummed that I couldn't ride powder. So that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. Respect worked out good. Um, so going back to beta, I was looking through your catalog of footage. I forgot how much insane shit you filmed. How old are you in beta? Uh, 18 and 19. Okay. Yeah. Dude, you do a switch backside rodeo nine as your ender. That clip is fucked up. Is that a Mount Hood? Yeah, that was a Mount Hood. That was a uh, graveyard shift session for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was, I I feel like I looked back and I was like, fuck, that part's pretty soft. But I mean, I was 18 at the time, first part. Like, I don't think I, I need to feel too bad about it. But yeah, there was a couple moments. Like, I liked that switch rodeo. And then the chicane and Whistler, I was pretty yeah, hyped on too. It was like dope. a super weird chicane. Yeah, but yeah, 
Yeah, it seems like everybody from Bend, you got to have a chicane in your bag. You kind of got to have a chicane. Yeah. What's the big thing you guys all fly off at Bend where you... Uh, that's the cornice. The cornice. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're not serving up a chicane off the cornice, you're not really shit. <laughs> yeah. In certain <laughs> ways, for sure. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a chicane cornice. Only Mason's done that, I think. But yeah, you kind of got to get a piece on the cornice for yeah. sure. Who would you say that is the king of the cornice in Bend? Uh, Mason, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Jar. Okay. Yeah. Has he landed anything off of that? I've just seen a lot of <laughs> ragdolls. His landing, pr- <laughs> he like lands stuff on that that like does, makes no sense. Like anyone else would have just died, and he's like somehow stomps it. Yeah. What do you think about Jar's snowboarding these days? Uh, I'm really proud of Jar. His snowboarding's come a long way. Like especially this year, like he spent like two months at Baker just riding uh, with PMAC and Blavelt, and like he's like a completely different snowboarder. Like. And he's funny because, like, he was never raised in, like, a traditional, like, snowboard slopes. Like, he doesn't have, like, the fundamentals that most pro snowboarders have, right? Like, he never grew up in a park, really. So he kind of just, like, has these rogue ways of doing certain tricks, but, like, only he can kind of do them that way and only he can kind of land them that way. And it's, like, super interesting to watch. And he's not – it seems like he's uh, – he doesn't speed check. <laughs> he does not give a fuck about anything. <laughs> he's not afraid to die. Like. Yeah. Like Jeez, I mean, we, we, Jonah had the funny, like, funniest way to describe. Him. He's like, yeah, he's a he's a life or death snowboarder. Like, he's, a, he's either going to do the most <laughs> amazing fucking thing you've ever seen, or he's going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. And he's not scared. Yeah, God, love to see it. Yeah. All right, we got a guest question from Gabe Ferguson coming up next. Uh, this guest question is presented by Tactics. So uh, Tactics Tactics has been a go-to haven. For snowboarding, for the last 25 incredible years, the shop is all about top quality gear, celebrating the community of snowboarding. And guess what? They're fully stocked with the best 2024 product, including Jared's new pro-modeled Nitro. Now, Tactics has an all-star snowboard team. We're talking Jared Elston, Gabe Ferg, Mason Lemery, Dirksen, and many more. These guys are legends, and they're part of the Tactics family. And to help you gear up for winter, Tactics is offering an exclusive 20% 20% off one item at tactics.com. Just use promo code Big Air Jair at checkout. Again, that's Big Air Jair, one word, all caps, and you can save 20% off your order. So be sure to support Tactics. 25 years of snowboarding expertise, amazing riders, and get yourself a great deal at Tactics. Now we got a guest question from Gabe Ferguson. Here we go. What up, B-hole? I got a question <laughs> for my buddy, Jared. Miss you, bro. Hope to see you soon. Um, when I first met you, you weren't a big smoker, and I was always smoking. Then we slowly got you on the weed. <laughs> and we slowly got you on the tobacco and the vapes. Just want to know if you think the smoking's improving your snowboarding or hurting you. Love you, bros. Have a good one. Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> Beautiful question. <laughs> Very thoughtful. Um... Yeah, Gabe has been smoking as long as I've known him, and I was never that into it. And then, yeah, slowly over the... Like, the first time I got high, I accidentally ate an edible at Gabe's house. Um, but then, yeah, slowly over the years, they've uh, got me on the weed, and then this year got me on the spliffs, which I'm not that st- that not that not stoked on. Um, but, I don't know, they're nice. I don't I don't really know where Gabe wants me to go he with this. He wants to know, if it, is it helping your snowboarding, enhancing it, or, or not I, I don't think it's enhancing it. I don't <laughs> think it's enhancing it. There's no way it's enhancing it. Like, it maybe, like, makes me less stressed at the end of the day, but there's no way being high is making me a better snowboarder. <laughs> I like it. I so like you're it. not rolling up before you hit some of those big gap jumps? 
No, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, that's not the. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it like those, that. Those boys are though. Yeah. Oh, those boys definitely are. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it helps them for sure. Yeah. I think, but I'm not. Uh, yeah. I use it to relax, <laughs> not get stoked. <laughs> it's yeah. It's fucking insane out the Brown Crew. There's all kinds of stuff getting rolled up all you, day you, long. You can't not smoke in the Brown Crew. Yeah. It's kind of a sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Let's hit a guest question from. None other than Simon Elston. Oh, nice. A.K.A. your dad. Here we go. Hey, Jared, it's your pops. Um, I know you and Jonah kind of butted heads when you were kids as far as skiers and snowboarders, and then it seemed like it changed when you guys went to uh, to Boldface, when you got that invite and took your brother. Um, how did it change, uh, the, the dynamic with you and your brother change, and uh, how was it filming and having your brother with you all season? Yeah, uh, is it a good experience? And uh, uh, I'm proud of you, and and uh, stoked where you are these days. Thanks, Dad. Love you so much. Um, yeah, it was. I think my brother and I like kind of butted heads through like our teenage years. Like, I think we were like he was trying to make it in skiing, I was trying to make it in snowboarding, and we were like whatever, talking shit, being dumb teenage brothers. Um, and then he moved to Montana, and I was like, okay, well, fuck, I miss my brother, sort of thing. And then he was like sledding and filming and then i was sledding and filming it's like okay we're not different like we both like the same things and then yeah kind of i was like okay he's like a really good filmer he's like really good sleds like he should just like come with us like he's not like skiing is not really taking him anywhere he should just like take this opportunity and come with us and i think i don't think he like believed me for a while that like he could do it like i think he was sort of nervous about it and then yeah, this year, or like he came on one trip last year and mini bike really took him under his wing, let him use his Bolex and like, he was like, oh shit, like this is sick. Like we were in Whistler, he filmed me, Blake and Gabe and he was so stoked. And then, yeah, this year I was like, come on dude, like let's do it, let's do it. Like, and then ended up buying him a Bolex um, from Tyler Orton, shout out to him too. And so he was just like, he was ready to go and then, yeah, helped Jake with that Welcome Dark Arcteryx thing. And then came on like one, came to one session in Utah. We hit Mineshaft. Bob was there. Um, and then from there on out, Butters was like, okay, this is like our guy. Like we need him on the crew. And so he just rolled with the Brown crew for the rest of the winter, like didn't go home. Like, and it was so fucking amazing. Like being out there and having like your brother there that can like double you to the top and like just having the confidence to have your like big brother around feels so fucking good. Like I don't, I, I'd never want to like not film with him again, basically. So red. Would he hit you with some advice, like, before you're hitting the jumps? Or if, like, if you were nervous, would you kind of, like, talk through things with him? Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, more just, like, if I'm, like, nervous, he just, like, can give that confidence. And just, like, I don't even feel like I, like, need to talk to him about just, like, having him there. It's just, like, okay, big bro's here. We're good. Like, that gives me enough confidence in itself. I like it. That's good shit. So you said he went, your dad mentioned that you took him to Baldface. He's a skier. Did he ski at Baldface? He snowboarded. No way. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's a ripping snowboarder. Like, he okay. doesn't really ski anymore. Like okay. if it's if it's good, he's snowboarding for sure. And uh, he has a shot in Brown hitting the step down on the snow. He's got a couple sick shots in Brown for yep. sure. He's a nasty sledder. Mm-hmm. He's nice on the rooster. Which brings me to a very important question: Would you rather drive a Chevy or ride a Polaris? I'd rather drive a Chevy for sure. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, good choice. I, I don't understand it. I don't get the joke. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're getting doubled out there, Bob. 
There you go. Well, this is coming from a guy that when we went to Cook City, I believe, where is that where it was? Yeah, we went to uh, Cook He was having some snowmobile problems, and I lo- opened up his hood, and I noticed there was no oil in his snowmobile. I said, Bob, did you put any oil in your snowmobile to get today? And he said, no, I thought it was a car. You just put gas in it and go. That's yeah, smart. I like that, Bob. I was trying Bold to get strategy. that thing warrantied, you know? Yeah, good call. Uh, aren't you doing some thing where you're flipping trucks right now? Let's talk about your love for the Ford. Uh, is it a second gen that you're all about? The square bodies? What are those? Yeah, I mean, that was more just like, I mean, I love that truck for sure. But it was kind of like the only thing in within my budget that I was going to be able to like have a sled deck and hold my camper. Because I have a camper in the summer. Um, and it was sweet for a year. I mean, I've blown up like two trucks already and I was like all right I need like a big truck to like handle this shit I guess and it was great for uh the first winter I had it and then this year it was a fucking nightmare but uh I still got a lot of love for it. it's in the shop again right now haven't seen it for a couple <laughs> months haven't used my camper for a few years now but uh maybe next summer yeah sounds like those Fords are working out real good for you guys yeah yeah love that um so then so after beta was that what was after that? Hand over fist, or that, or uh, or um, hopes of it was the hopes, highest. Hopes it was of the highest. Hopes of the highest. Yeah. Yeah, and in that part, and uh, nitro. What was that one? Boom. Yeah, boom. boom. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so in in uh, hopes of the highest sleeper A grades in there, you front tend mine shaft jump. Yep. How was that? That was sick. So that was that. I think that may have been the first time I, ever, I had ever filmed with Butters, or like one of the first times. But yeah, Nick and I and Butters went up there. Did you go with us, Bob? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. That was like one of my more like first legit backcountry jumps, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like, I want to do a double cork on it, like for <laughs> sure. And I'd never done one, and like, it took so long. That was probably like tenth try on that thing. But yeah, Damn. I had a really sick session with Nick. Like, he got back rodeo and front nine. Back rodeo seven. Yeah, sick ass back rodeo seven nose grab. Yeah, I'm curious about your like frame of mind when you because you hit a lot of jumps like that that mm-hmm. are in my mind pretty big and gnarly. Yeah, like what's the mentality going into that? You know, like maybe the day before, like leading up to the moment of you actually hitting the jumps. Um, I think we like usually just like watch the videos that they're in and kind of like figure out what's been done, what we want to do, like how they built it. Um, and then really it's like, if you build the jump, right, it's not really scary. Like if you, if you build the jump to where you can get to the landing, like I'm not really scared if that makes sense, you know? And that one mine shaft is scary cause it's such a G out. And like, if you're not ready for it, you'll just like die kind of, but I don't know. I feel like at this point, like I'm so comfortable hitting those kinds of jumps that it's like, it's like, if, as long as you can get to the lip, like you're pretty much good. You can kind of. You notice shit. that thing gets longer the further you go left. Have you ever noticed that? Does yeah, it kind of goes to the. It kind of drifts out to the left. But yeah, I've always kind of gone straight off of it. I yeah, feel like yeah. As a person with horrible fundamentals, uh, <laughs> I've gone left <laughs> off of that, and it gets longer. I, I tried to front ten double it tail grab years ago, and I landed. On my stomach, still grabbing tail on the knuckle. <laughs> Bar- Bar- Parker did that same thing doing a back ten this year. Yeah. It was so awesome. Bar- I don't think Parker had ever hit like a jump like that, and he's like, "I'm gonna back ten it." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, you are!" <laughs> it just like goes and literally holds nose until he fucking hits the knuckle. It was so sick. 
And then you went back this year and battled some shit. Did you try to switch back Rodeo 9 or something? What the fuck were you trying to I tried to switch back Rodeo 9. I heard you were getting bodied on that. And then I was trying back double Rodeo 10. And that so that was like the first time filming after I had just gotten broken up with. And I was like such a bad headspace. I'm like, dude, the only way I'm going to get serotonin right now is if I get a clip. So I was just like fucking like killing myself trying to do this back double Rodeo 10. Must have tried it like 13 times. And the snow was like as deep as this table just like almost impossible to land anyways and i was just like and then the holes are even deeper the holes are huge and i was just like dude i'm just gonna try this until like i can't hike up anymore and i didn't get it but i don't know it's good to fucking chuck that thing around every once in a while that's a good like the night before are you like i'm front 10 in that thing first tee like or did you do a warm-up trick i tried switch rodeo nine first but it's like so hard to like go switch and do it kind of through that g out to like Get the pop right. You got to bring that. You got to hit another switchback roadie nine. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a scary trick. You want to have like a jump where you're not like totally falling out of the sky mm-hmm. on. Now, what was your, because you said you did, you haven't, you hadn't done a front 10 double on a park jump before that. Mm-mm. So what was your, what was your slope run back in the day out of curiosity? Did I think like the last, I think the last slope style contest I did was a USA SA Nationals like open class and was switch back seven, cap double nine, and then back ten. Okay. So like so you had some dub ski and hutches going. Yeah, like <laughs> towards the end there I had some, <laughs> I had some dub ski and the fucking hutches going for sure. After you threw down that run, is that when you got the nickname Big Air Jer? The Graham name? No, that was before. I think those so those kids that um I met in Ben, they gave me that like pretty early on. So it wasn't self given? No. Everyone <laughs> thinks it's self given, it's not. <laughs> You know, his nickname's Gren Diesel, and he gave it to himself. (laughs) That's not true. That is not true. Now, Pat McCarthy coined Gren Diesel. It comes from Grendies, and then Gren Diesel. I can see see P-Mac hitting that one. That checks out. However, if you want to popularize a nickname, you change your handle to that, and then everybody starts calling you it. So that's, that's the deal. You know? So when you two go around town, do people call you Big Air Jer and they call you Grand Diesel? Like half and half, yeah. Yeah, some people, you know, you know what I really try to get is I try to get Diesel to stick. Uh, you know, it's like T-Bone and Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's> T-Bone! <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work, though, when you try to get people to... Uh, Start calling you Coco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm T-Bone. I'm T-Bone. Okay, tell me a story. This is from Curtis uh, Cizik. He said, tell me a story about Austin Smith in the Whistler nightclubs. Dude, uh, fuck. That, that must have been last year. I don't even know what the fuck happened. He was so drunk and just, like, pissing me off. Just, like, I forget what he was even saying. He was No, he was telling us. He was, like, because we were there filming, and he was just, like, got annihilated and was just like basically telling us that we'll never be as good as Devin Walsh <laughs> and that there's like no point in like filming in Whistler and I was like okay Austin I fucking know that I'm not gonna like be Devin Walsh out here but shut the fuck up and he just like would not shut up and I was like I've never fought anyone and I was like wanting to fight fucking Austin and Curtis had to like pull me away from like fighting Austin he was so fucking annoying and then like he we lost him and I think he like slept outside that night, so like he got what he deserved. Thank God. But yeah, that was fucking hilarious. I like that take though. I I actually am really backing that take. I mean, it's true. Like you're not gonna fucking beat Devin. Like he's the goat in Whistler for sure. Why are you even out here doing this? You're wasting your time. I'm like, great, dude. Fuck you, Austin. Shut up. You're here filming too, you fucking asshole. 
It's fine if he rolls up in his uh, fire truck, then it counts like in a different <laughs> level. Yeah, yeah. If you have some marketing scheme in the parking lot, it counts. Pancakes at nine a.m. Everybody, <laughs> come meet Austin Smith. <laughs> Oh, that's fun stuff. That's all that is. All right, let's talk Capita. Uh, I've been riding a bunch of their boards, and my favorite board to ride in powder is called the Navigator. I ride the 161, and I've always came from the school of big plank. You want a big, stable powder board, and I've been playing around with different shapes and sizes, and this Navigator is a directional powder board. It's set back, and it's softer than I would have thought it would be, and I love it. It's so fun because you can wheelie through the chop. You can still do butters. I like a soft board when you go to Ollie and it's easy to lift up the nose. Um, and the thing that's that's great about it is the way it floats through powder, you know. So if you want to whack pow turns like on those those deep days and you want to float and you not get as much back leg burn, I definitely am really thrilled with uh, the Navigator. And surprisingly, just had a, had a blast on it and set it up at the beginning of the winter and rode it pretty much every powder day. So if you're interested in picking up a Capita Navigator, you can find them on their website or your local snowboard shop. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk about one of our sponsors. That's Hippies. These are chips made with chickpeas. We keep them at the office. Let me tell you something. It's alarming how many bags of these things we put down because they're delicious. And the one thing is that they're delicious, but they're also healthy. You don't get that combo. Usually it's unhealthy and delicious, but these things are packed full of flavor. I'm a big fan of the Nacho Vibes chickpea chips made by hippies. They're non-GMO. You can find them at your local grocery store, or you can find them at hippies.com and use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off your order and get yourself some hippies chips for the backcountry and support companies that support snowboarding. Silk, you want to pop off a salt? Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, that's really good. He's back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. oh. Oh, that one was bad. You mean good? No. Oh, bad. Oh, God. These ones are strong. It just heightens the senses. Those are strong. Woo. All right. All right. Uh, Silk, why don't we fire up a Patreon question? Shout out to our Patreon members also. Thank you guys for supporting yeah, us. Shout out the Patreon. You guys kick fam. ass. Yeah, we got a question from Sam Fox. Sam is saying, met Jared at the Fleeting Time premiere party in NYC. Tried to buy him a beer, but he said he was only drinking vodka Red Bulls all night. Bold, (laughs) but respectable. That's it. I guess not a question, more of a comment. If you want to elaborate. Yeah, shout out Sam Fox. Um, I, I think... I had probably just been on the vodka at that point, and if I, I think if I go to a beer, that kind of just ends my night. So, uh, and the Red Bull vodkas were free. It was like a Red Bull party. So I don't know. So, shout out Sam Fox. Next time I see you, I'll buy you a beer. How's that sound? Mm. Did you like every time I used to drink uh, Red Bull vodkas? Uh, I would like basically like just break break things. <laughs> Did you end up destroying anything or keep it pretty chill? I think I just get tired not easy, so I just want some more mm. caffeine in my system to stay up. You know, you're in New York. You want to kind of stay up all night for sure. It wasn't a strategic move to try to get on the, the bull, get that helmet. Yeah. 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 The, the more you drink, the better your chances are. Yep. Hey, team managers. Like, I'm having yeah, a- I love this shit. <laughs> Look at that. I love I'm it. having fun. Yeah. Cool. Were you homeschooled? Um, 
the second or like high school. Yeah, I think like first. I went to school for a little bit in high school at first, and I was like kind of trying to do it more for social reasons. And then like by the end, I was like, oh, I'd rather just be snowboarding every day. So I did like the majority of my high school online, but K through eight, I was all in school. So you got some social skills. Uh, but just my, my, I went to school with the same twenty kids. My oh, whole, yeah. K through eight, small town Montana shit. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know what I think is a good time to get into here. I want to talk about this story here. Uh, I remember, I think it was when you guys were filming for Hand Over Fist. We were driving to Logan, and Nick's snowmobile was not properly secured. That was oh, yeah. Fucked. This was sick. <laughs> well, we kind of got to preface it with the night before. Um, yeah, like going to Logan, and we went to some house in Logan proper, and we were like, got to this Airbnb, we like drove there, like kind of late night. And we get to this house, and it was, like, super colonial, like, kind of looked like the White House. And, but there was, like, candles lit in every window. We're like, what the fuck is this place? And it was, like, some super Mormon shit. We get in. There's, like, weird photos everywhere. Like, just gets, like, overall haunted vibe. But there's, like, lit candles in the window. So, like, someone had been there recently. And then we hear, like, a baby crying downstairs. We're like, what the hell is going on? Like, the, the, the Airbnb said we had the whole house to ourselves. But then we, like, call them, like, oh, there's, like, some people staying downstairs and then we go upstairs and there's like a room locked with like a sign like don't go in here and i guess there was like someone in there too but there was like little kid pictures all over the wall just super creepy vibe so we like bailed on that drove back to salt lake and then drove up the next morning and yeah had mine and nick's sled on the sled deck and yeah we were going we just got past park city and we we're going around a turn and i kind of look at i was on the phone with my girlfriend at the time and I kind of like look at the the rearview mirror, and I just see Nick's sled just kickflip off my fucking truck into on the, the freeway. Mike. On the freeway, probably oh. going like seventy through a corner, and I'm like, oh, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> and so just like Nick's sled's on the highway, it was like a storm. And we tried probably drove like a couple hundred yards past it and then stopped. But it was like sketchy out, and it's on a corner, and you couldn't like see my truck where I had parked, like around the corner. So we're like trying to get the sled, and I'm, like, backing up through the highway. The sled's, like, totaled, basically. Like, pull the ramp out on the highway. Like, the sled's, like, barely driving. Like, get it up the ramp. Like, the ramp's jamming, and we're just, like, no flares or anything. It was so fucking sketchy. Um, but, yeah, that was the start of that trip, which really sucked. But, uh, yeah, sorry about that one. Like, I don't know whose fault that was. I guess he didn't put the super clamp down <laughs> tight enough. Um, but, yeah, he got a nice little insurance check from that. I feel like we're really selling snowmobiling to the audience this episode. <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass. I don't really recommend it. I, I got a question for you two because you guys are both good at sledding. Like, when does it become fun? Because I feel like I've never hit that point. Like, I'm just gripped, you know? It's, how, it's fun quick. Yeah. How many it, Have you ever just not brought your snowboard and gone sledding? No, I've never just gone. I've only ever gone sledding to get from point A to point B, and you're trying to get there as fast as possible. I remember the first time I ever went... And Pal was with you, Grandies, and it was so fucking deep. It was like four feet deep, and we were going single track through, or is it single track on a snowmobile through the aspen trees? Holy shit! And I was just, I was the last one. It was super bumpy. I got the sled stuck. You guys all blew past. Was me. this with Jordan Mendenhall? Yeah, like American Fork or something. Yeah, and we yeah. drove so far, and then I just have never hit the point where it's fun. But then I see you guys. I'm like, oh, if I can like do that, that like looks kind of like I could control where I'm going, you know? 
I don't know. You kind of got to be a throttle junkie. To, you got to like want it. Yeah. You know, I don't think you want it. You want to go like rock climb or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're on like different pages of what's uh, getting our adrenaline going. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't be afraid to whack the throttle. Yeah. 100%. So more gas. The other yeah, thing you gas. also got to realize too is like when I go snowmobiling just for fun, I don't bring, sometimes I bring a pow surf, but like my, my pack, when you go build a jump, you got a toughie, you might have like, extra jackets and like snowshoes and you got the so work much, truck the work truck it's a utility vehicle mm -hmm. and snowmobiling with a utility vehicle they're they're fucking boats you know but you take all that shit off and you just take these you know shout out skidoo mm -hmm. uh you take your skidoo out and you just get after it like it is it's so much more fun you can whip pow turns going uphill downhill side hill wheelies catch air and you can catch air like 40 times in a minute because you just go right back up. You don't have to hike. You, just, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's great. Yeah. yeah. It's a great time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, I know you're more about like just filling a bag full of ropes <laughs> and just like <laughs> walking into the woods and just chalking up those hands and just getting a whole bunch of carabiners going. Eating granola bars. Eating granola bars. <laughs> exactly. Oh, look at that hold. Oh, my God. Look at his hold. Look at the hold. He, so he solved the problem. <laughs> this rock quality is fabulous. Oh, my God. I love this. I love this crag. It's just, a, it's just a dry granite that's just really linking up. It's just you and the rock, man. <laughs> that's it. And nature. <laughs> And then it's snowmobiling. You're like, it's so peaceful. It's so calm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you get it stuck. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> oh, it sucks sometimes. Well, I always feel guilty when I get stuck. You know? Do you guys ever feel guilty when you get stuck? When you're trying to get someplace, you're just like, oh, fuck you gotta it. also realize when you get stuck somewhere steep, you got the power of gravity to roll your snowmobile. When you get stuck in the flats, it's like a full nightmare situation that's where i like to get stuck yeah you just gotta i mean you can't be bummed when you get stuck that's like the first thing i mm -hmm. learned from like that's like what curtis and austin t taught me and jake that's like yeah. getting stuck is like the best part kind yeah. of it's like you make fun of your friends you make fun of yourself that's like the fun part like getting mad at getting stuck does absolutely nothing mm -hmm. for you like it's way easier to just like make it funny mm -hmm. and the more you get stuck the better you get at getting unstuck mm -hmm. then you start just chainsawing the thing out you just hear a sled wide open for three minutes and then fucking crawls out of its little hole <laughs> mm -hmm. you know i have had fun snowmobiling a couple times and that's curtis doubling me and he's so good so i'm like oh i could see how this would be fun and then your brother when oh, yeah. he doubled me around logan i was like damn yeah this would be sick if i could get to this level but i was still kind of like nervous as shit with your brother because he was going up some rogue shit and i'm just holding on there with my camera back <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's what I knew snowmobiling was going to be really fun. It was my first time doubling with Curtis. I like. I don't think I had doubled before, and I was like, how do I do this? He's like, just hold on for dear life, and then just fucking blast the throttle up this mountain. And I was like, all right, yeah, we're doing this. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, the new turbies when you're doubling, you're like, you have to have, like, the power grip because there's... You, so you have to go so far back yeah. on the uh, running boards. And they're just, like, there's so much pull. It's insane. And they got, like, an iPad on the front of them now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It looks like an iPad. <laughs> Beautiful pieces of Canadian engineering. All right, it's time to get into a guest question from none other than a Bend local named Pete Alport. Yes. Hey, Jared, this is Pete Alport, uh, kind of your dad <laughs> and maybe, like, a brother. 
And I have a question for you in regards to Gabe Ferguson's sleeping bag when we went backpacking in northern Washington this year and he pulled it out. And you had some funny stories about the body lake fluids on the sleeping bag. Do you care <laughs> to tell us what bodily fluids you were very close to on that sleeping bag? Um, yeah. Fat shout out to Pete Alport. Um, we should talk about him in a second. But uh, yeah, in regard to the bodily fluids in Gabe's sleeping bag, um, I think within two months there was piss and come <laughs> in oh the sleeping bag. Um, yeah, I was sleeping next to him on the couch. He's like, yeah, I just pissed my sleeping bag. I'm like, oh, sh shit, that sucks. <laughs> and then we were uh, up in Canada, and I was sleeping next to him in a, in a set of bunk beds, and he's like, dude, I fucking came in my sleeping bag last night. Had <laughs> 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 a wet dream, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, that sleeping bag seen some shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, piss and cum are the bodily fluids that were in there. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of uh, one of the first trips I ever went on with you. <laughs> we yeah. went to uh, this little cat skiing, snowboard skiing op called Retallic. I didn't know Jared very well, and they were like, everybody on the trip was like, oh, you go, you go stay with the new kid. You're good at talking with people or something. So I walk into the room. Jared's been there for a while. And I'm like, hey, what up, Jared? Like, good to see you. And I like walk in the bathroom. And you know how, like, at the nice hotels and stuff, there's like hand lotion and soap. And I look into the shower, dead center of the shower is the bottle of lotion. <laughs> he didn't know it was there. So I came out of the bathroom and I was like, how long you been here? Like, what are you been doing? Like, uh, what's that lotion doing in the middle of the shower? <laughs> Yeah, Bob. Bob has been telling the story for about ten years now. Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't even jerk off in that shower, but if I did, I was like 16 years old at the time. You know, like allegedly, you have to. allegedly, allegedly. 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 I, I've never done that. I've only heard about people doing that. Yeah, it's past the statute of limitations at this point, too. Yeah, so I think we're good. You were moisturizing your balls in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my poor mother listening to this. Well, this is a good time to get into. Uh, is it speaking of <laughs> speaking of hand lotion? Let's Dude. talk. Let's talk natural selection. Oh, let's do it. Uh, you know what? Actually, a good segue for natural selection is uh, I forgot we had this. A guest question from uh, mm -hmm. your team manager. I don't know what Knut's senior VP team manager board of directors. I don't know what the hell he is. Everything he is everything. nitro. He is he boom. bleeds nit. The man that bleeds nitro. Yeah, Knuteliasen. Bombhole, how we doing? It's Canoe Eliason from Nitro Snowboards. Chris, hope you're doing well. Silk, hope you're looking good. We know you are. <laughs> Heard you got Jared Elston in the booth, and that has got me hyped. Can't wait to hear this episode. Okay, I'll keep it quick. Jared Elston, what was your favorite moment from the Natural Selection Tour, and how has that helped your career? And secondly, what's up with all the backside 360s, bud? This isn't a burn. This is a genuine question. Is it strategy? Is it full panic? Is it your favorite trick to do? Let the people know what's up with the backset 360 from the past. Looking forward to hearing this episode. Peace. Love you, Jared. Yeah, thanks, Canute. Uh, love you, too. Just had a nice little trip with him to Canada. Um, yeah, I think favorite moment from Natty Select was definitely like the first one in Jackson where I got on the podium. That was like... It gave me everything. I feel like that was like my real like big break. I was like, okay, I'm here. Like we're doing this. And then, yeah, it's been what it's been. The past couple of years, I've been able to do 
six contests with them, so it's been really cool. Um, but yeah, the back three thing, I think it's probably strategy. It's like a little bit of strategy, a little bit of panic, because you're like doing this fucking contest, and you're like, okay, there's so much pressure, like, and you like you know what the judging criteria is and like you can kind of get away with doing repeat tricks and like it's better to like do repeat tricks than do straight airs and like i don't know like a lot of uh i mean the duel for sure was like the biggest back three like show (laughs) um but i knew that like you could just do the same tricks every run they'd be judged separately that's not like you're gonna like get judged like they're like the same run or whatever and with that particular slope like the uh the left side was softer and like the uh, right side it was, was getting a lot of sun. So it was like pretty mushy. So you didn't really want to take off the left side. So like everything was pretty small and like you had to jump off the left side. So I'm like, all right, I'm kind of just going to do a bunch of back threes. Like there's not like a lot else to do. Like that slope was pretty deceiving as to like how you could like trick it. Like it was a lot smaller and less trickable than it looked. It was like a pillow field basically, right? Yeah, it was a pillow field that was like pretty flat and like not many landings. So like, and I didn't care. I was just like, I just want to get through this. Like, I don't care about the duel. Like, I just want to land my runs and, like, go to the actual contest was, like, my thoughts on that for sure. So this kind of is a good segue. Bob, you had a question earlier. Yeah. How, what was the experience like going against Gigi head-to-head, you know? Uh, Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, from the start, like, Travis called me in the summer and he was like, well, what what do you what do you think about this dual idea? Like, we don't have Jackson this year. Like, we need to have like some sort of qualifier to get into the, into the next stops. And we're thinking about doing duels. Everyone gets together. You have a contest by yourself. And immediately, I was like, I hate that idea. I think that's terrible, <laughs> and I don't think it's gonna work. Um, that's just me being honest. And that was kind of my thoughts going into it. And I was like, Fuck, I guess we're doing it. Like, I'm not gonna not do it, you know. And then. Yeah, I got like draw drawn against Gigi, which is I was like stoked. I was like, dude, fuck. Gigi, like I watch nine one nine one like every day almost, like or I have for a long time. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, this guy's a fucking legend. I'm stoked to ride with him. Like, I look up to him, whatever. And then time came down to it, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna make this as easy as possible because he's gotta fly from Europe. It's not like he's just like in the States, so it's like kind of logistically more difficult. So I hit up Jeff Pensiero. Shout out to him. Um, oh, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was like, yo, can I do it at Baldface? He's like, yeah, for sure. Like, we'll have guides, like sleds, like all everything. Like, it's dialed. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, all we got to do is show up. We don't need like sleds or filmers. Like, or we have filmers, but we don't need. We have like guides, sleds. Like, it's all ready there. Good to go. And I was in Utah at the time, and. Fuck, it was, like, I think the window was supposed to be, like, the 13th through the 20th. And I was, like, I had my shit together way before anyone else on, like, the whole tour or whatever. And I was, like, all right, we're dialed, like, good to go, whatever. And then, like, the 13th through the 20th, it was, like, the 13th. I was, like, okay, window's not really there. Like, got to wait until, like, the 15th or the 16th. That's when the sun looks like it's good. And then on the 15th, and, like, Geeky had shut up to Canada on, like, the 9th or something to go shred. And... On the 15th, like, my truck broke down, my girlfriend of four years broke up with me, and Jeff called me and canceled uh, the, the whole duel, so I was like, 
okay, fuck, like, there's a lot that I got to deal with right now. And so I'm, like, out in the street, like, putting shit in my motor, like, replacing all these sensors and then, like, crying because my girlfriend broke up with me and then just, like, geeky's, like, calling me, just, like, super pissed off, basically. I'm, like, dude, I don't really know what to do. So I was, like, I, I just had, like, a meltdown. I, like, flew home from Utah. I was, like, dude, I can't, like, deal with this. And got went home, like, talked to my lady. Like, we still broke up or whatever. I bought a new truck because I was, like, okay, I guess I got to, like, go to Canada and make this work somewhere. And, like, Gigi's, like, had, like, some operation, and he's, like, oh, we can go here for this. I'm, like, and I was talking to Jeff, and it was, like, one of the gnarlier avalanche cycles that the interior has gone through in a long time. And I was, like, what do you think of this place? What do you think of these guides? And, I was, and, he's, and he's, like, I wouldn't do it if I were you. And I was, like, okay, if fucking Jeff Pensiero, like, the man that's like facilitated almost all of my like avalanche training is telling me that like I'm not going to do it, you know. And I was under the impression also you had priority because you were coming from last year, right? So it's your your pick. so it's my call, yeah. yeah. And so I had got to pick where to go, and I was like, no, dude, like I'm not going to do that. And so I was like, but I'll like go up there and do something, and then went home, bought a new truck, and then I was like driving back to Utah to get all my shit. And he's like, yeah, I'm leaving. Like you missed the window, like. And that, then it just kind of turned into a fucking shit show, like trying to get me like disqualified and like talking to fucking Liam and Travis and Cersei. And I was like, holy shit, like it's so much. And then like finally figured it out, like Blake was going to go do his and Jackson. And I was like, can I please just like come and like do something like close to you? He's like, yeah, whatever, like cool. And then Gigi agreed to like fly back over. So yeah, picked Gigi up. He was nice enough to come over and then drove to the house, like got him all dialed and then went out one day, looked at the slope, like kind of like patted some stuff down. And then, yeah, game day came and I'd like, I'd really been studying it. And I think like I knew how, I think I knew how Gigi was going to approach it like pretty aggressively, but I decided to like, kind of like take a more conservative strategic approach because, because I knew I had watched videos from that slope. And I'm like, there's a reason no one has clips here. Like you can't really do much, you know? Like, so I was like, all right, I'm going to take it pretty conservative, stay on my feet. I know it's how it's being judged, and this is, like, the smartest way I can do it. And, like, it definitely looked like I was being a bitch just doing a bunch of back threes, but, like, I didn't really care. I just wanted to get to the contest, like, and it was what it was. A lot of people fucking hated on it, but No, whatever. strategy, dude. Yeah, yeah it's, like, and, it's a contest. Like, it's yeah. not like you're filming. Like, that's not how I would have wrote it if I was yeah. filming it. Like, it's a contest. Yeah, you got to have strategy. Totally. Was, was it competitive, like, competitive vibes out there? Was it... Oh, yeah. Was what was super- the dynamic like? Well, at, at that point, I don't think he was a fan of me, and I don't think I was much of a fan of him either. So I was like, <laughs> definitely like a lot of spite boarding for sure. I was like, not, I, we both went into like contest mode, like kind of being jocks about it for sure. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. And then, mean, and then you went to Alaska and fucked shit up. What'd you get? You got fourth overall, right? Yeah, I got fourth in Alaska. Yeah, and rode some, nar- how was is, how is riding AK? It's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, top of the totem pole right like it's like the where you want to be um i mean the first year it was crazy because i was like the first <laughs> that was the first time i'd ever ridden alaska and it was like first thing i went up against fucking travis i got drew travis i'm like oh we took two like kind of shitty like fun runs before i'm like okay now i gotta like <laughs> go against travis rice and the drill i was like perfect like this is gonna go great <laughs> and fucking we show up so like we there's they had a snow camp right and so we go out there. I was on like the first plane out there. And they're like, oh, yeah, Travis is out there getting stuff set up. And I get there. I was like, yeah, hey, yeah, where's Travis? He's like, Liam's like, oh, he's out riding right now. 
Travis Rice is out snowboarding. He's out practicing right now in these fucking mountains. I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck? Like, this motherfucker doesn't have enough practice in these goddamn mountains. And then, I, yeah, so he drew, well, we drew one name and it was like, it was like, oh, Jared, you're going to go against Mickle. And then we had some other drama. It was like, oh, we're going to redraw. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, I'm not going against Mickle. And then, like, first poll is like, Travis against Jared. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, sweet. Thanks, guys. Uh, but it was a really cool experience. Like, you I guys was, shared a tent, right? Yeah, I fucking shared a tent with him, dude. I was like trying to ask him for advice, and he like can't really hear either. And he's like listening to these like weird ass podcasts. And I was just like, "What do you think about like this line?" And like, you know, he's like, "Yeah, man, you just gotta like feel it out." And I'm like, "What are you? What are you talking about, <laughs> what dude? Does that mean? What the fuck does that mean?" Like, I don't know if he was like really trying to get in my head, or he just like doesn't know how to give advice or something. But whatever. Wasn't he calling you Papa? I was calling him Papa. Oh, you're calling him Papa. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I I call him Dad sometimes. Yeah, I've heard you out there, like, on that contest scene, throwing out some comments like old heads and pop and stuff. Oh, I yeah. think it's hilarious. Dude, at Jackson, when you put down your first run against Travis... I didn't go against or, Travis or and Jackson. You, Dustin, or, or right? Dust, no, who put their run down against Travis and he was pissed? I remember. They landed their first run. He's pissed... He was pissed this year uh, when, in Alaska when I beat him on the first yeah, run. That's what it was. Yeah, that was, that was, well, yeah it was Alaska. It like zoomed in on his face. He was after so you landed pissed, your dude. run, and Travis was so mad. Well, he's it's funny because like <laughs> he's always like talking smack to me about like taking me on. I'm like, yeah, dude, like I don't care. Like I'm down. And then like it's funny because then they make it look like I'm the one that's like talking shit to him. And I'm like, well, if you saw like half the stuff he said to me, like you'd think it's crazy. But yeah, he was definitely not stoked uh, when I beat him on the first run. And then he just went and did some crazy shit and beat me. So, so whatever. You, did you go psychological warfare on him in the tent at all? Did you do anything like that? Uh, well, that was the first. Yeah, I didn't do any sort of. But yeah, he, uh, <laughs> so he uh, made it through to like the next day. And I was like, I like was partying that night. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to like go into the tent right now. Like d- before finals day. So I like slept in like the, the common tent because I didn't want to like sleep next to him. <laughs> I was not feeling that. Before the before the contest, did you wake up to him just staring at you, breathing heavy? Just dude, I did. <laughs> I fucking woke up. Dude, I fucking woke up one morning and I just like kind of roll over and I look at him and he's looking me in the fucking eye and I'm like, <laughs> "What is your problem, dude? Like, leave me alone. Good lord, homie's mentally just tearing you apart in his brain." Oh yeah, he had me before I even got on the plane. And then, uh, does that, I mean, I want to hear about how you got on Arteryx, because that seems like a good, a, a good deal you locked yourself into there. Um, yeah, so it's actually kind of crazy. So, like, Adidas had dropped us, or had dropped everyone. First, like the, let's actually just, let's run it back to that first. Because yeah, that's, that's wild, because you're on Adidas, they're your main sponsor. You're basically on Adidas and Nitro at this point, and Dragon, mm-hmm. that's, that's it. No, not, not Dragon. Not even Dragon, just, just Adidas a, and Nitro. And so Adidas is, like, really taking care of you guys, and then mm-hmm. they yoink out of snowboarding, right? Yeah, it was cool. Like, I got on Adidas when I was 18, and I was like, holy shit, like, I ride for Adidas. Like, I was making peanuts, but I was like, I'm on Adidas, whatever. Um, and that was cool, and then I was like, bunch of the team got dropped and i was like okay we're just keeping the powder guys because it's gonna be like an outdoor brand kind of thing and then did that lasted for like a year or two and then like yeah right before hand over fist came out they like called us and like yeah we're clipping everyone like it's done i was like okay fuck like and i was like all right well i don't know like i don't know what i'm gonna do like <laughs> like i had to put out a good video part but like does anyone care like i don't know i don't know where i'm gonna go and then colleen quigley from dekine hit me up and she's like Hey, like I think I got something for you. Like, 
Sorry, I was hitting an air yeah, shout, shout, shout out to Colleen for <laughs> yeah. sure. And she like got me on a deal. It was like significantly less than what I was at a, on Adidas at that point. But I was like, I panicked and I was like, okay, like I should go somewhere. Like the scene, I like like the kind's cool, whatever. And then yeah, did natural selection. Ended up doing good, and then kind of got word from Robin Van Jen. She's like, well, they're looking for a male that's doing natural selection. And I kind of look out around everyone like, well, everyone else has signed up with someone. Like, I'm the guy. And so, like, I, like, kind of reached out. And, like, I'd, there was a few other people that I'd been talking to at that point, And I was like, fuck, like, i got to get out of this Dekine deal. And, like, luckily, Colleen was cool enough to, like, let me out of the Dekine deal before it started. Um, and then, yeah, basically, Architect is like, we're down, but we have to wait till like January. And so kind of talked to them all summer. And then, yeah, they flew me up to Vancouver, showed me around the whole facility, like all their factories. And like, I don't know, it's so cool. Like the attention to quality there is like obviously like the best in the world. And everyone that works there is super cool. They really care about snowboarding. They really care about their athletes. And I was like, okay, this makes perfect sense. And so, yeah, ended up getting on Arcteryx and... Yeah, their gear is good, huh? It's the best. It's like literally like the best in the world. Like I don't, I'm tripping that like I get a ride for. I'm like I'm so happy that I found a home there. I heard they have other resources too, like mental health shit like that. Yeah, they're yeah. So they have um, a mental and physical therapist on staff that you can just like hit up anytime. And I've used both, and it's fucking really cool. And like, it's so helpful. Like I don't know what like. Now that like I've had it, I like don't know what I'd do without it, sort of thing, you know. So like, special shout out to them, like for like facilitating that for their athletes. Like, I don't know, it's so cool. I think that's fucking rad in in snowboarding, and it really, I mean, if you go to a football team, they got all kinds of physical therapists, anything you need, you know, mental, you know, mindset coaching, and I think it's really rad to have brands in snowboarding follow suit. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, totally. Like it's it's unique, especially for like a hard goods brand to like, or is it? No, they're soft goods. Um, yeah. But yeah, they have those resources, and you can just like call them up, and you can talk to a fucking therapist, or like if your back hurts, you can head up this guy, and he's gonna give you some exercise to make it feel better. So like, I don't know. They're they really care about you more than just like what you do on your snowboard. They like want to see you succeed outside of that too. Who else is on the team? Um, Robin Van Jin, Spencer O'Brien, and Elena Height, and then Victor Daviet, uh, Severin Vandermeer, and Sean Miskevin. Yeah. I see Russell. What's Russell? Oh, uh, Russell, Russell's on too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It seems like he's doing like designer shit over there too. Yeah. He's on, on like maybe a more ambassador program, but he's still on and he's the man. He put it, put a good word in for me too, I think. So Rad. shout out Russell. We're going to take a quick break and talk about Autumn Headwear at Autumn. Style matters. They have all types of style beanies from the deep resi. They call it the surplus fit. They got the shorty fit, which is more shallow, and the simple fit, which is right in between. They got a stacked roster. Their team consists of they got Sam Taxwood, Schubert, and of course everybody knows Danimal style is out of hand. Great company owned by Brad Allband. So uh, if you want to support a dope ass beanie company, be sure to support Autumn Headwear. Use promo code Bombhole. At checkout for twenty percent off your order, you can be looking slick. Do you? Uh, is that out of the foundry, Bob? Yeah, it's out of the foundry. So you guys are shipping those things out. We're shipping those things out, and um, yeah, I mean his team that he has is pretty incredible, and they do a lot of cool things where they take a lot of team advice for those beanies, the patterns. They get a lot of good ideas from the team, the borders. Nice. Brad's a good dude. Solid human being. 
All right, we're going to take a break and talk about one of my favorite places, the snowboard, Mammoth Mountain. Now, they're coming off a record-breaking year last year. They got 715 inches at the base, and they're open until August 6th. Uh, they got some upcoming events coming up. They got the Grand Prix, January 31st to February 3rd. You can watch some of the best snowboarders in the world, Chuck Roast. You want to see some 1800s and some impressive slope style and half-pipe riding? Check out the Grand Prix. Uh, always check out mammothmountain.com for updates on the mountains and deals and all things mammoth. And let's talk about the mountain itself. They got everything you need. You want to ride big mountain terrain. You want to ride some shoots, some cornices. You want to get rowdy and pretend you're big mountain Jeremy Jones. Well, you can do it there. They also have incredible snowboard parks. The Unbound Terrain Park crew is the best. They got 10 parks, 100-plus rails, 40-plus jumps at any time, a mini pipe, a mega pipe, countless transition features. It's a good place to go if you want to get really good at snowboarding. And if you get really good, you can ride Main Park. That's where the big dogs go to eat, and the jumps are just built so well. If you ride bad jumps, you feel bad at snowboarding. When you ride good jumps, you feel like a golden god out there. They also got South Park, which is pretty big, a little bit more on the intermediate side, really fun park laps if you want to go there, or one of my favorite warm-up laps, the old Forest Trail. You know, you got a nice pack of jumps, good for some 540s. So they got parks for all ability levels all across the board, whether you're Dusty Hendrickson or you're just trying to learn your first 180. Check out Mammoth Mountain. They are a supporter of the show, and we always have a blast when we go there. All right, let's talk about uh, Hand Over Fist, because in that one, that was a fucked up part where, I mean, specifically, I witnessed the session, Bob shot it. Um, I mean, just diving right into that pyramid gap session would be fun to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so we that was like when Adidas was kind of like going through that rebrand and we're like, okay, we're going to like make a video as Jed, Tommy, uh, Nick and I. I'm like, all right, we're going to make a fucking video. And I was like, all right, we're making an Adidas video. Like, we're going, like, I'm going so hard for this. Like, whatever. The resources are there. Like, just make the most of it. Um, and I think we only had two weeks to film for it. Maybe three. Um, and I was in I was in Idaho with uh, Ben Ferg and Red at the time. And it's I think it got warm everywhere. And then Nick called me. He's like, we were supposed to, like, start filming with us. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's warm everywhere. Like, what are we going to do? And then Nick called me. He's like, oh, we should like hit pyramid. Like I went and looked at him like, nah, <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> like, don't want to go like hit pyramid. Like that sounds kind of shitty, but it was like kind of our best option. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm down. Like drove to Utah, like next day went up, started building it. And it was like so hot and just like those things suck to build. They're just like a lot of work. Right. But like, luckily we had a fat crew. Like Bob was there. I can't even name everyone that was there. Like so many people helped out, like shout out to everyone that helped with that. Like it was it was really special to like see like how much people like care about like flying off this fucking jump, you know, like it's cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was like came down to filming time and it was like, all right, well, what do we want to do? Like, and I think I knew that I wanted to like do an NBD on it. So I was like the, the lowest hanging fruit seemed like a front 12. Cause I'm like, all right, if fucking Travis Rice front 10 this 20 years ago, like I can probably do a 1260 on it. Right. Like, and we like we put a lot of work in the build like we made it the jump super proper like i think probably like one of the best it's ever been built you know so i was like it was ready to go like it looked safe mm -hmm. um but yeah we like started hitting it or it came time to guinea pig it and nick 
one Rosham and he had to go first. And I was like, oh, fucking thank God. Because <laughs> it's just like an ice strip into this huge jump. Because you salt the shit out of it. Because you salt the shit out of it. And we didn't really know where to go. And we like kind of watched videos, but like some videos, it's like winter and there's powder and they like start from this tree or they start from way higher. And we're like, oh, fuck. Like, so we like start from this tree and like, like, oh, way more speed. Like, stack, it was stacks and fucking <laughs> wizard. And they're like, way more speed. And we're like, okay. So we like start from higher and we're like, that's it. That's it. And so like Nick fucking drops in. And uh, it's like in the start of the video, he goes like so, like to the bottom <laughs> of the fucking <laughs> landing. I don't know how he didn't get hurt. And then I was like, okay, like, word. And then they're like, all right, go, go like 50 feet down. So I go 50 feet down and like, overshoot the shit out of it again and then we go up and nick starts like right where we started from the first time where they're like that's way too slow and that was perfect speed <laughs> so i'm like okay great like don't listen to them anymore like listen to your gut so that was like a good lesson on that and he ft'd and then he went yeah he went back 10 ft and i was like i think after that first set, i was like dude i'm not i don't think i got this front 12 like that's way too gnarly like this thing's fucked and then he went and just goes first t back 10 just like perfect and like you can hear like the homies is shouting like the canyon was like erupting with fucking shouting and i was like all right energy's there like i'll try one like fuck it and then yeah did one and like went kind of big again did like a 14 and i was like okay like it's there like i got it and then yeah two like i think yes and then i did it again second or did one second try and like almost had it like wheelied out and then i remember you you were there you were being fucking hilarious and you're like that's fucking going down that's fucking going down i'm like yeah yeah fuck it's going down it's gonna like slow slow the rotation down a little bit and then yeah third try it happened and i was like holy shit like i just did a front 12 on pyramid gap like feeling like a god and like i don't know it was such a cool feeling like you guys were there like so many people were there like it was just like so many homies you could just go up and hug and i remember you were just sitting in the bomb like yelling at wizard you're like contracts are going up connie's are in the mail i was like fuck yeah it is like whatever and then yeah we both got like another trick on it and i don't know that was like a big moment where i was like felt like okay i'm i'm in this bitch like i'm i'm here like i'm a fucking pro snowboarder or whatever like i left my mark so i don't know that was cool and i feel like that helped me get into natural selection or whatever so like yeah i think that session helped me out more than anything in a lot of ways I remember Griff was up there. He split boarded up uh, pizzas for the, for oh, the yeah. crew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I remember at the end of that session, he was like, that's what like pro snowboarders are. He's like, that's what it looks like. Like being dead serious. And it was magical. Mm -hmm. And the coolest thing I thought was your front 12, which was amazing. And then I think you did a few back sevens and you were just like cruising, like just the dopest back seven melon on chill mode. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, once once you got going, like, I'm glad I did, like, the hard one first, because, like, after that, it was fun. Like, I, I tried a couple of back ones, but it was, like, too big, and I was, like, like over-rotating. I'm, like, I'm just going to do a back seven. Like, at that point, it was, like, I knew the speed, like, the jump was, like, perfect. Like, back sevens are easy. Like, go have fun with it. And then, yeah, just, like, that was the last hit. It was, like, the sun was setting. I was, like, oh, today was perfect, you know? It was so cool. Fun shit, man. That one was heavy. And then uh, I think we actually, we have Bob shot the sequence. Mm -hmm. and oh, we, yeah. we got a small run of, uh, I think, 20 prints that we're going to have you sign. Sick. If people want the front 12 tail sequence. Hell yeah. Morphed up by Bob. Um, so that was, that was, and then you got a cover too, Bob, right? Mm-hmm. That was a funny one because we had a, the slush cover and the torment cover were like the exact same moment just different angles oh 
Oh yeah. Yeah, and that was a pretty funny situation. Baden's back rodeo. Totally different angles, but yeah, and it was like we had gone to print, and then the torment and torment had their premiere and dropped the cover, and I was like, "Yo, fuck, we got to change the cover." And I was like, "Ah, we're printing." I was like, "Huh, all good. We should have given it to you, Jared. My bad." Yeah. We should have put that fucking I, sequence <laughs> on the cover. I was telling everybody at the mag, I was like, pull out cover, pull out cover. Like from the very beginning, I was like, dude, we should do a pull out cover with this. And it didn't happen. But then Torment had a pull out cover. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, after that one, I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like so happy for Nick. But I was like, sitting, I'm like, what's it going to take? All right. Like, fuck, I can't, I can't have shit. Like, I do a front club and can't get a cover. <laughs> I don't know, but hey, you're I, on the but I had, wall. But I had, but I had like two ads in slush with like from that session. So I was like, all right, this is sick. Like Adidas and Nitro, two page ads. This is dope. Yeah, dude, we went back up. Like Sage and those guys hit it later, and there was a rogue skier that was split boarding. Remember that? He was or a ski. Not touring. Like he was on touring setup. A guy on touring skis hits <laughs> this thing. Like Sage went to high school with him or something, and he was just out just for imagine just being out for a casual like I don't know what you call it when you're on skis touring I guess splitboarding or whatever, and he just goes <laughs> off the fucking jump on his skis with that you know the heels lift up and his fucking ski ejected in the fucking air. Mid-air. Oh, I saw that video. That's yeah. insane. And he went back and hit it again. Yeah, it I was like, who the fuck is this dude? I think someone like Tanner hauled themselves on it too. Like they, someone hit it after them. Oh my god! Yeah, we should have we should have torn that thing down. <laughs> I was looking at it at the end of the day. I was like, we should tear this thing down. Like this is not safe to have up. And I like put one step into it. It was just like a pure block of ice. And I was just like, <laughs> no, like I'm not touching this thing. I think that's an interesting thing for like civilians listening that are boarders that you know on a slushy day. If it's all slush, you'd never make it. So you guys like salt. You know, you bring bags and bags of salt and you salt everything, and you're riding in on basically a block of ice. So you like hit it. And then you hit these turbo boosters like Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's just like, yeah, complete fucking, there's no other way to describe it. It's just ice. <laughs> yeah. And especially, like, we kind of hit it later in the day, so, like, the sun was not on it. Like, it was not soft. Like That's the good photo. Like, like the, sketch, the, the sketchiest part of it was, uh, like, speed checking it, because you got to, like, put on the brakes so early. Like, I don't know. Dude, honestly, for me, shooting that jump a few times through the years, like, it's, I get scared watching mm-hmm. people hit that thing. Mm-hmm. Cause, like you said, you're going so fast. And when you're doing the speed checks, it just seems like from a distance, like you're just going to flip off the lip going like 70 miles an hour. Cause I remember yeah. they used to sit there with radar guns to be like, okay, you got enough speed to like clear the gap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were going off of Concrete Sneaks' word, <laughs> judgment. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's cool just talking about that, like what Griff said, like that's what snow- pro snowboarding is. And I love to see where T. Ricky front 10 melons it in, I don't uh, know, 2007. Yeah. I don't even know like what year that was. 2003. Yeah, yeah, 2003. And then, you know, where do you go from there? And it's it's amazing to see, you know, you guys hitting big jumps and just elevating the bar and just it, just taking it from where T. Ricky left it and and just, you know keeping going up with it you know pro i think sometimes i guess i'm going on a rant like i feel like in order to be a pro snowboarder like you need to be doing shit like like you gotta be better than everybody at snowboarding and sometimes i think our industry forgets that you know yeah for sure and i feel like i was like at that point where i was just like i know i'm good like but like maybe no not any everyone else does but like if i do this if i can do something better than travis rice on like pyramid gap like then people will fucking know then they'll respect me you know so like 
I don't know. Uh, that was cool, and it definitely did a lot for me. And you, a, have you ever done that on a park jump before? No. Yeah. I, I like, tried one earlier in the year, but uh, I don't know. Like, I've always, like, looked at that trick. I, like, felt like I understood the mechanics of it, so. I feel like, from my perspective with you, you're the perfect example of somebody um, that, like, gets on Nitro, for example, right? And you, like, pay your dues, and you keep, like, working your way up higher, higher, higher until now you have a pro model. And I feel like sometimes... Um, people get a little antsy, like, oh, well, I'm not getting anything. Like, I dropped this video part, like, I'm going to switch brands, or, like, I'm not getting enough. And I felt like you were pretty chill about, like, the process, you know? Yeah. I mean, I always, like, I've always trusted the process with Nitro because I, like, I see Brian and Austin that, that were there, and I was like, okay, like, these guys, like, they paid their dues, and now they're, like, good. And, like, you want to be, like, a brand player and, like, work your way up, like, and I'm, like, young. Like, I know that I'm young, and, like, I have time to, like, work my way up. And, yeah, I was, like, finally, I was, like, all right, well, here I am. Like, let's support this shit. And Canute did. And, like, he's always, like, supported me fairly and always supported everything I did and given me opportunities. So I'm just glad that they've had my back for this long. And that was definitely the moment where I feel like that video part dropped, and it was, like, all right, Big Air is here. Mm-hmm. Like, he needs to go. Like, he's moving up. Yeah. He's moving up the ladder. Yeah. It's his time. And that was a good winner altogether. You know, you had, like, big natty back sevens and switchback rodeos and good stuff in that part, but the great bookend of it was the, like, climactic pyramid gap session. Yeah, for sure. It's, like, so, like, old-school style, like, like pop. You're just like, all right, yeah, hit a fucking huge jump, and, like, you're going to be killing it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, simple, you know? Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I also think, too, just think about it. Think about your beta part. That was a hell of a long time ago. You're doing, you know... Like it's it's been a long road to get to where you're at, right? It didn't happen overnight. Yeah, for sure. It's been like a lot of learning and like I feel super lucky to have had like the role models that I've had in snowboarding that have like guided me along the way, you know, like Austin, Curtis, Brian, Minibike, like Blake Paul now, like Butters, like and they like they've I think they've kept me grounded and like I've been I can look at them and just like kind of follow in their footsteps and like see what they're doing and like yeah you like build year after year like you're not going to be the best that your second or third part like your sixth or seventh part is going to be the one that you're stoked on you know so you just got to like trust the process and like take every day as like a learning step and like that's like my thing is like I feel like for a while I was just like committed like all right I'm going to go out every day and try the hardest thing I can and if I eat shit it does not matter like if I don't get a clip it doesn't matter you're just like investing those days to like you're dying but like one of the one of those times it's gonna fucking work, and soon enough, like you'll start being consistent with getting clips or whatever. I like that mentality. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. All right, I think it's time for a token of the show, uh, Silk. You know what we're gonna get into? I believe it's name that video part. Name That Video Part is presented by Woodward Park City. They're only 15 minutes away from Salt Lake City. They're open 365 days a year with twilight lift access for snowboarding with terrain for all ability levels. Drop in for a session or lesson any day of the week. The lessons are killer there, too. Um, Also, access to Woodward Park City is available through daily tickets with full lift access for only $40, which is great in this day and age of ridiculous lift tickets. Uh, For the new season, Woodward's Mountain Park membership comes with no monthly commitment. That's $119 for a month of unlimited outdoor riding. 
Ride for two days and a membership pays for itself. Members get extra perks like discounts on other products and buddy passes. Want it all? Upgrade to the all-access membership for unlimited outdoor hub and mountain park access. Four-month commitment required. Basically, Woodward Park City rules. You can go learn how to do a double cork into an airbag or a foam pit. Uh, you can learn on a bunny slope. You can. I actually seen Big Air Jared do a double cork in the pipe there. I believe, right? Yeah, Woodward Park City is really fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> that place is awesome. Didn't you do a front ten double? Yeah, I did a front ten there. I forget what we were on. I think I was like talking shit, and I was like, I can fucking do a double cork in a half pipe. And I think someone was just like holding me to it. I'm like, all right. I was trying to double crippler, but I couldn't do that, so I just did a front ten, and I was like, damn, just. But I mean, I think those are. Well, you double dipped it, didn't you? I did double cork. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It looked like ass. Like it didn't look like a pro and snowboarder doing a fucking double cork <laughs> and a half pipe. But yeah, I did. I did one double and a half pipe. There. And Baden did a cab one. Yeah, yeah. Good day. Yeah. All right, was let's a sick hit a, day. let's hit a salt and do a name that video part. Oh, oh, oh! Good batch, dude. Oh look God. at my fucking collection Ooh. over here. Ooh. Hard work. Oh. Wow. The old salt graveyard. That's what that is. All right. So, uh, how's your confidence level zero through ten? Uh, so I've always, <laughs> I, they're kind of meatballs a lot of the time. Yeah. So like, but I kind of feel like you're going to give me a curveball. So uh, I don't know. Like eight. I think I fucked up. I think this one's too easy. All right. Eight, eight out of nine out of ten. Okay. Cool. Here we go. Pop. Travis Rice. <sighs> That's correct. That's correct. It was too easy. I knew because we yeah. talked about T. Ricky doing the double cork the whole time. It's come full I, I think circle. I, I think I watched it yesterday. <laughs> I mean, dude, that's pretty Here incredible. You got yourself a Yeti. Uh, oh, nice carry all. Nice uh, full of bomb hole merch. Um, shout out to Yeti. Thanks for that. And, uh, I don't know Thank if your you. gigantic head's gonna fit in those hats, but uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe I can sell these on eBay or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you can maybe oh, get yeah. a walk Thank or two you. for those. Fuck yeah. I mean, that is pretty cool, though, full circle, to hear that, you know, you're referencing Travis Rice throughout this podcast, and then you're sleeping with him in a tent, waking up to him just staring at you, growling like a bear. I was so tripping when I was like, all right, I'm, like, sleeping in a fucking tent with Travis Rice. Like, I watched I watched That's It, That's All, like, a hundred times. Like, Did you have nocturnal emissions while you're in the tent, by chance, or? Like, wet dreams? Yeah. No. Hell oh. <laughs> no. Just said, said to just clarify that. Yeah. Okay, because it seems like Gabe might have in that. Yeah, Gabe situation. might have. You never know. Gabe wet dream pre natty select AK. <laughs> no retention, keeping it loose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're gonna get into part two of name that video part. This is for the listeners. If you know the song, comment on the photo of Big Air Jer on our Instagram, and you got to do, uh, yeah, name the video, the rider, all that good stuff. Picked by Holden Barth. Here we go. And that's an iconic old video. Thank you guys for playing. Do you guys know what that? Name you know that. what that is, Bob? I think I know the video company that made it, but I don't think you guys know what it is. I heard you had another altercation with Gigi at uh, Spine of the Gods. You want to elaborate on that? Uh, fuck, not really, but I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were we were snowboarding. Loves beef, dude. I know it's. I think people get entertained by it. Um, but yeah, we were up in Canada, kind of like a secret zone, if you will, like pretty localized. And we were like, 
we had gone up there the day before and like this certain zone was you got to like spend a day basically breaking in before you can even like ride anything and so we go in with the crew the whole crew breaks trail like spends the day like putting it all in like and then at the end of the day we like rode some stuff kind of down lower and then like the next day was like gotta the goal was to go to this upper zone ride the spine of god all this other stuff's up there um and then but jonah jonah was staying somewhere else and then came across the ferry the next day and gigi was on there and he's like oh what up gigi like he he had met jonah jonah filmed the duel so like he knew gigi like okay we're going to we're going to mohawk like where are you guys going he's like oh we're going to this place like okay cool like have fun like good luck out there whatever and then we pull up to the trailhead and we're like see their trucks and we're like okay well they're here you know <laughs> like they're here um and then we like get up and get up to the zone we're gonna like film we had like nick was gonna film something in the lower zone uh in the morning and then we're gonna like move up and then we like i was like oh fuck like if these guys are gonna go ride this shit like i gotta i should go talk to them and we get up there and he's like filming on this one thing he's like hiking i'm like okay good like all we want to ride is a spine of god like ride literally anything else in the zone like all good it's not fucking our zone you know and he I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go talk to him. So, like, Jonah's sledding me up, and I was going to go, like, ride down and, like, just talk to him. And then he goes over, or I get up there. He's like, oh, yeah, he's, like, he bailed on what he was filming, and he's, like, walking over to the spine of God to, like, claim it. I'm like, okay, this is going to suck. <laughs> and so, like, and then I think I, we they told us their radio channel, and I was like, and at this point I was I was just, like, joking. Like, I was not, I had, like, no beef from uh, uh, whatever the duel. I was like, and I was just fuck with him because he is funny. He's like a funny dude that likes to fuck around. I was like, yo, Gigi, like, stay away from the spine of God. Like, it's mine. Like, and he's like, who is this? I'm like, it's your worst nightmare, dude. Just like, <laughs> but I was just like talking shit, like lighthearted. And then like, he's like, no, no. And then we get to the top and he had like stuck his board in the top of the line. And then he was like looking at it from like across the ridge. And I was like, yo, dude, like we we put this trail in yesterday like the whole crew put in a lot of work like you guys should film literally anything else but like we want to like ride this like the conditions are really hard to line up on the spine of god and i had looked at it for like the past two years i was like okay it's go time like we want to hit this and then yeah it was then we just started fucking arguing like kids and it wasn't pretty <laughs> and like we were name calling and shit and it wasn't that sick um but then I wrote it and I fucked up and then he wrote it and he fucked up. So we both lost, I guess the viewers win or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now our relationship is not that sick and he definitely doesn't say very good things about me, <laughs> um, which is fine, I guess. But I don't know. It sucks because like I really look up to that dude and like his snowboarding has inspired me forever and it's a bummer that like we have beef and I tried to like reach out and like break bread with him and he wasn't really down. So I was like, all right, well, fuck, I'm sorry, I guess, but I don't know. It sucks. Like <laughs> it was, I learned a lot from that. Like don't like a relationship like that isn't worth a fucking clip. Like who cares, you know? And like, he already hated me. So that's fine. Like, I don't think it made it much worse. Um, <laughs> but uh Yeah. It's, I mean, what's the it's fun for the entertainment? It's you know, you know, snowboarding loves beef. It's kind of fun. Like, oh yeah, it's like oh, we got a little bit of beef going on. So well, I think you. snowboarding loves beef, and then like other people, I don't know, just like I think I don't know. It's like came back to me in like random places, like 
people are like, oh, like, like I heard you're a dick. And I'm like, from fucking like <sighs> Gigi, like, yeah, of course he thinks I'm a dick. Like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of a bummer. Well, there's like it's funner for everyone else. Not that yeah, fun it's, for it's me. Fun, it's fun for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, tell you what, yeah. it's fun for me. But I'm entertained. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the? I'm curious. Like, what's the etiquette with that? Because I feel like there was. There's always like unwritten etiquette. And if you put the trail in, and you spend all that time doing that, is there not kind of like an unwritten law? Like this crew did all this. Well, that's like there was kind of a weird gray area because it was like okay we put in the trail we had been filming there it's like i can't even like say the name of the zone because it's like sacred and like the locals there get pissed off at me but it was like we were with a local and he was like with us and then we were like okay we put the trail in but typically the etiquette is like whoever gets at the top of it it's theirs right but like we're in this kind of like sacred zone with a local and we put the trail in the day before like maybe just like let us have this one but Mm -hmm. I don't know. You could you could also just argue that the person that's at the top first wins. You know, that's also true. I think it gets tricky when there's a bunch of people in the same zone. You know, and it's also like we had fucking be- like if it was anyone else, like I wouldn't have cared. But like at that point, he was like saying not that nice of things on the internet about me too, and I was like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm not gonna let him ride this. Grandies, do you remember those old uh, snowboarding videos where they had boxing at the end? Were those like the old Tech Nine videos, like early two thousands or something? They had those boxing matches at Blindside, the skate shop. I think we should bring those back. That would be. I would. I would pay pay per view to watch you guys actually just duke it out in the ring. You're getting bulked up though. I feel like. I feel like you might you might be able to fuck him up just because you're. But he's got dad strength. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Dad strength, Bob. That's real, right? I'm still waiting for it to kick in, to be honest. <laughs> I probably got like 60 pounds on him. I think I probably got him. <laughs> that would be sweet. Like if you guys, if he comes back to Natty Select, like the pre, it's like a, like the intro is you guys have like a brawl, you know, like a cage match. Yeah. Well, Tra- Travis is working on something with me and Geek. I'll say that. I don't know. Wow. What, 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 I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, what I'm at liberty to talk about, so that's all I'll say. Wow. Yeah. I love that. The hype for Natty Select just went through the fucking roof. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. Always fun. But yeah, shout out to Gigi, yeah. uh, I guess. <laughs> Let's give him an air horn. Yeah, for sure. Legend. Um, all right. We're going to get into a section of the show called Nitro Turbo Takes. These questions are committed by, are submitted by Canute Eliason. <laughs> Welcome to Nitro Turbo Takes! Brought to you by Nitro Snowboards and Canoe Eliason. Nitro Snowboards has been building snowboard products, boards, boots, and bindings for over 34 years. And has one simple mission. To inspire people to get out and go snowboarding and support their local and global community by supporting the shops, the organizations, and the people who are dedicating their lives to this. Snowboarding is what got us here. And giving back to snowboarding is what keeps us here. The deeper the layers, the better the cake. Just like the snowboarding community, this season, Nitro is releasing a two-part film project, Layers. The Unintentional Culture of Snowboarding, a full-length 80-minute documentary exploring the different layers of the snowboard community around the world. And Cake, a classic get-hyped-to-go-boarding-with-your-friends kind of action film. Starring the infamous Nitro snowboard team. Premieres are happening worldwide, and both films are premiering online November 15th, so we'll see you there. Turbo takes. Here we go. Let's hit turbo takes. Uh, the idea is to answer these rather quickly. Again, these are submitted by Canute. 
Um, first question, who is the slowest rider from Bend? The slowest rider from Bend, Austin Smith. <laughs> who is the best snowboarder from Bend? Uh, Austin Smith. <laughs> who is the best snowmobiler in the Brown Crew? Uh, Joan Elston. What is your favorite snowboard shop? Uh, Tactics. Okay. Go to Crick, can't say back three. Uh, Cap five. Best video of all time. Nine one nine one. Best result in a bank slalom. Uh, second, first, second. Okay. Is Jake Price the best snowboard filmer? Yes. Craziest trick you have done on a quiver cannon? Uh, switch back 270 to regular. What is a sloth roll? And part two, did you invent it? Um, a sloth roll is like that weird, like corked back three backflip thing. Um, I used to do them a lot more, but I, no, I didn't invent it. I saw Red do them like a long time before I did them, but. I did them at like a hood one summer and people were calling them the sloth roll. What, who is on your chair at Bachelor? Uh, ben, Gabe, and Mason, usually. Best sledding snowboarding trip for someone getting into it? Uh, Whistler, for sure. Nice answers. Yeah. That was good. Uh, bank, let's talk bank slums because you've had some results. Uh, double tap winner? Yeah. Uh, Fuck! I must have been like fifteen or sixteen, and I won double tap, and that's, I think like that's like how I got in. Like w that's like like earned the respect of the fucking drink water boys. <laughs> so, like I, beat, I think I beat Alex Yoder in the finals, and I was like, "Yep, I'm fucking, I'm the shit or whatever." <laughs> you know, like or they were, early they were telling me that at least. Um, but yeah, that was cool. Um, done good at some derbies. I've never like won. You podium derbies, right? Second. I've podium derbies. I've podiumed rat races. I've never like won a proper bank slalom. Mm. I've Maybe. only done the Baker once, but. Yeah, did you make that. finals? Yeah. How'd you finish? Um, that was like fucking six years ago. I think I got like tenth. Mm. I think I'm, I'm gonna try and do it this year though. We'll see. Seems like the ultimate respect for the Ben boys is the is the Derby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's if it, we always make bets. Like this year, we had bets. It was like me and Jake were on a team. Uh, Gabe and Curtis's brother Martin were on a team, and then Ben and Curtis were on a team, and we like made trip bets. And like if. Uh, Whoever did the worst had to like make a trip, and Curtis and Ben lost, and we had to go on a fish. Or took, Curtis took on us took us on a fishing trip, and it was really fucking sick. Dope on his airboat. Yeah, how was that? It was so dope. He's so nice with that thing. He just like bounces through fucking rapids, like knows where every little rock is. Like it was, it was really sick. Did you catch some fish? Yeah, I caught a fucking steelhead first try, which apparently is pretty hard. Uh, I guess <laughs> Ju Justin Meyer has been trying for like ten years, hasn't caught shit. So uh, that felt good. Amazing on a fly rod. Yep. Nice. Yep. You think you earn more respect winning the Derby or Natty Select? Well, he didn't win the Derby or the Natty Select. No, I'm saying, like, which one would you get more respect for winning? Oh, I'm asking. It. Sorry. That was in Bend or I, in general? Yeah, Natural I mean, Selection, for sure. That's a fucking millions of people are watching. Yeah, but I mean, like, the Bend homies, like, that's the respect you want, right? They're hard on you. You were the black sheep. They didn't want to talk to you, you know? I don't Yeah. Uh, natural selection. I'm, I'm sticking with natural selection, I think. <laughs> do you like uh, the nerves and all that stuff when you do natty select? Like, do you thrive in that environment? Um, yeah, yes and no. I think it, like, depends. Like, it's it's definitely, like, 
I'm trying to like figure out how to like be in that state of mind because it's like it is fucking competitive and it is like a lot riding on it and like you gotta like figure that out. I think like, I think that's why I did the best at like Jackson because I was like my first one and I was like not expecting anything. I was like if I can beat if I can make it through one round like I'm stoked and like I had no expectations and like no nerves really. I mean I definitely had nerves but like no expectations right and so like after that it's like okay like people think I'm gonna do good in this like I hope I hope I do and then like the first year was like whatever didn't do that good this year I did a little bit better got fourth at both of them but I don't know it's very like yeah I I guess I thrive on it it's like gets you in like a way different state of mind and like trying to like enter that state is whatever it's cool well also it's not like a slope style course where you get to practice your tricks and you can go to a jump in sauce fay and it'll probably be the same as the jump and the u.s open or whatever that doesn't exist anymore but you know what i'm saying yeah and and so what i wonder i think about this like nils for example when he goes and rides when he's getting ready for natty select he's i'm gonna practice this trick i'm gonna i want to do this in my run so i'm gonna do a bunch of these and he has he almost as he's riding the resort throughout the winter in the back of his mind is thinking about tricks that he'd be doing in natural selection. Are you thinking about that when you ride the resort? Like I got to be on my shit for Natty select. Not really. I don't know. It's just like, you're just riding and it's like every course is different. So you want to be able to like be dynamic with your fucking tricks. That's such a wordy nerdy word dynamic, but um, no, not specifically like, I, like before Jackson, we, like, had, like, a day where we, like, built a small jump and just, like, did a bunch of tricks. But, like, you can't fucking prepare for Alaska or, like, Scary Cherry. Like, you just got to, like, watch the videos and, like, hopefully you're on point, you know? Like, I think it just, like, snowboarding a lot before definitely helps for sure. That's the key. Yeah. Riding a shit. When you ride a shit ton, your confidence is up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you're just, like, I don't know. Yeah. Just get your reps in. And, like, you're just snowboarding. I'm not going to, like, change up my snowboarding to, like, get ready for the contest or whatever. How hard was it to read where you were on the first stop last year up in Canada? Because you had that line where you dropped in the pillows and the ones like the left lookers, your left lookers right was like a gnarly drop. Did you know that's where you had gotten into? And like, how did you figure out where you were in like navigating the course to get into the zone? Yeah. So that's definitely like the hardest snowboarding i've ever done for sure because it was like you have like a mile of like rolling meadows kind of trees that all kind of look the same and then it just gets to this rim and that's like where all like the crazy exposure is right and everything looks the same and so we got these maps that are like makes it look way smaller than it actually is and then you get these like drone videos which are like typically pretty good because like it'll follow like the few lines but there's this is like way bigger than Alaska, way bigger. Like there's so much shit. And so like the drone videos, you're like, oh, well, this is like kind of close, but like where I'm actually going to ride is like that way. And it's like dark out and I like, don't see these bump, these bumps. So you're like, Blake, it was so funny. Blake and I were rooming together and we were like studying together and we're like, it looked like a fucking crime scene in our hotel. Like the way we were like drawing lines down the map and we were like writing notes and like, it was like so stressful. But, but yeah, like I think, I think that first line that I took, the one you were talking about, I actually wasn't originally planning on going there because I, I thought for sure that's what, what Travis was going to ride first. And I like kind of wrote that off. And I was like, people went. And I was like, oh, fuck, that thing's open. Like, I know where to go on that. And yeah, I got to the thing. And I kind of stopped before because I'm like, all right, this is too sketchy to like not stop before. And then, yeah, like rode that pillow line. And like we we're everyone was calling that thing the slit because like that's probably like a 200-foot drop 
on the left side and it like it's kind of just like spines that funnel into a rock wall. like i think you're actually gonna die if you like fall off the other side so that was pretty scary but like i don't know i knew where i was gonna go and like yeah where i i think what you're talking about is like where i like go left around that tree because i was gonna go like i thought i could fucking make it down like i thought i had like a little line to like go off the the, the end there and i like took one look over and i'm like oh like fucking hell no (laughs) hell fucking no and like was able to like pull an audible and like do a couple more things down but yeah that was uh very exciting very scary and like i don't know i was like if i die on live tv my mom's gonna be so pissed right now (laughs) so like i got i gotta like make this it's cool how how wild was it seeing in person and then seeing that one line that travis rode yeah that was nuts like I don't know. I don't know how we saw that. Like I that 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 section over on the far right over there. I was like, this shit's like unrideable, kind of like. And he just he just can look at terrain way different than he was. Like, I would have never thought to do like ollie redirect into the pillow line. Like now that I look at it, it makes sense, and it like that works out. But like I could have never like looked at that and like saw that 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 was there. You know. So like, he is fucking better than everyone. I don't know. You know, it was cool. So were you there when Blake did his duel as well in Jackson? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was at the bottom. Dude, we Mm -hmm. went out there with Sage, and I saw your zone. We didn't ride it. And then I saw, we went over to the Blake zone there. And um, we rode just around the corner. Uh, Sage and I were, were hiking up, and he dropped in and rode, like, the middle line there. And that entire fucking face ripped out, like, deep, like, four foot crown really it was so spooky man and it's crazy how the backcountry is because you're like wow blake and these guys like a few weeks ago just beat this whole zone down and it Mm -hmm. was totally stable and but the aspect only changed like five degrees yeah and that five degrees of that zone getting cooked just made it so sketchy and the mountains all those things that you're doing it's just kind of interesting how uh you know, people like Travis that have been out there for so long understand how to ride a pill line and what snow's safe and what snow's not, and it's fucking gnarly, you know? Yeah, it's it's just like a everlasting learning experience, and, like, every year I feel like I'm like, okay, now I kind of know what's going on out there, and then the next year I'm like, I was dumb last year. Like, I, don't, I actually don't know what's going on, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I learn something new every time I go out. I feel like I'm better at, like, knowing where pillows are going to break or like what slopes are going to be sketchy or like your exit points if something does pop. But man, you, ne- you never really know. You can get spanked out there so fucking easy. Like did a you, lot of people have did, done it. What about the opening clip in Brown when you get stuffed underneath what looks like a bus sized cornice where you, was yeah. that, what happened there? That was sketchy. Um, fuck that. I think that was a day. It was like me, me and maybe Mateo just went out and like everyone else was chilling and, uh, yeah, like one pillow line. I was like, okay, I want to ride this. Like I rode it kind of like, kind of like a bitch before. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go off the end and like ride this pillow. And it was kind of late. It was like March at that point, like kind of sketchy. And then yeah, like hopped on that pillow and it was like just broke off right away. And yeah, I want to say it's like probably like a sprinter van size pillow broke in half, and I got ran over by one. And I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know it broke. And next thing, I was like. They like kind of like pinched me like back here in my neck and then like kind of like rolled over me, but it was so fucking scary. I had no idea what was going on, but just like random shit like that can just like fuck you up so hard. Like I was like, I rolled out of it and I was like, holy shit, like let's get the fuck out of here, you know? 
But like shit like that, you're like, okay, now I gotta like look what's under the fucking pillow. Is that supported? Like, can I ride that? Like, what time of year is it? Like, unfortunately, you kind of gotta like do some shit like that to like learn the most. And that's why backcountry riders tend to be a little bit older in age because it takes years to build up all this knowledge. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any recs for, you know, kids out there that want to get out in the mountains and, and want to pursue their powder dreams? Yeah. Um, start small for sure. I mean, easiest thing to do is go get your Avi one. Like as far as I know, like Avi one is kind of enough to make you scared to go out there. Um, you kind of want your Avi two to like feel more confident. Um, but yeah, just like a lot of experience. Like if you have anyone that you know, that's like has experience, go out with them. Like, and I've learned so much from Curtis and Austin again. And like everyone that I've gone out with, like knows so much and I can like pick up little pieces here and there, but yeah, start small, build up confidence. Like if you're in doubt, like err on the side of caution for sure. Like, I don't know. It's easy to find shit to ride on a sketchy day. That's not going to kill you, you know, check to have your report. Yeah. We are going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about ski One of my favorite brands. Now this is exciting because snow's starting to fall. Winter's coming, and all the Skidoo snowmobiles are arriving at the dealerships as we speak, including the turbos that some of you have spring-checked. They also got all the accessories that you need to avoid crowds and have fun up in the mountains, whether you're snowmobiling or snowboarding. They got the link board rack system, so you can haul your snowboard. They got tunnel bags. I even got some heated gloves from Skidoo this year, so we're excited to test those out. So get yourself to your local Skidoo dealer and get those accessories so you can have a good time in the mountains. Now, let me tell you about the 2023 Summit Edge Package. It's an incredible machine. It's got the awesome Rotax two-stroke power that that will get you through that deep snow. It's incredibly nimble. You can rip turns on these things. They just turn on a dime. It's got the shot push button available so you don't have to mess with a pull cord you just hit a button and your snowmobile starts you save some energy that way and they got smoking incentives running from now till october 31st you can get up to a 1500 rebate or a three-year warranty on a 2024 summit edge and you can save an extra 30 percent on select ski do riding gear and it's crispy i got myself a nice hat as well they got beanies they got everything you need so be sure to head to your local Skidoo dealer and get yourself set up for an absolutely incredible winter. All right, we're going to talk goggles and we're going to talk Dragon. So gear up for the snow season with Dragon Alliance, the brand who is celebrating their 30th anniversary this year just released their latest snow goggle, the NFX Mag, packed with next-level features like their proprietary Luma Lens color-optimizing lens technology and swift-locked magnetics lens-changing system. Everybody loves those magnet lenses. They also got armored venting. They got OTG compatibility, infrared radiation lens options, and bonus lenses. You hear that? Bonus lenses. Now, if that weren't enough, this kit is one of the best values on the market. The NFX Mag, like all Dragon Styles, provides riders with the kind of high-end technology you want at a price you need. So head on over to dragonalliance.com and use promo code BOMBHOLE20, all caps, for 20% off your total purchase, valid through December 31st, with the exception of their Black Friday and holiday 
site-wide sale. Again, that's promo code BOMBHOLE20 for 20% off your order and get yourself some dragons. Um, Silk, we got some Patreon questions. Let's rifle through a couple of those. Yeah, we got a question from Benny Pellegrino, avid Patreon supporter. Love you. Jared, my dog. Just one question. Over the last bunch of years, you had some insane clips and video parts. I gotta know, what's up with the red button-up shirt? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really want to wear a jacket for the uh, pyramid sash. I like to be light for that sort of thing, and I was feeling pretty swaggy, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. The red shirt seems sick. That was like my favorite shirt at the time. So, you know, look good, feel good, ride good. Simple. I like that. Um, that's, Easy. I mean, you mentioned Pyramid Gap. And, and just to go back and think about it, you know, I've heard people dissect tricks. And when you're doing a front 12, how did you break it down in your head? Um, yeah, so I had never actually done one really at that point. But there's this one... Pat Moore did the same trick on Mineshaft, um, maybe like two years before, and I like looked at it and was like, "Oh fuck!" Like this makes so much sense. Like looking at the mechanics of it, I was like, "Okay, I got this." Like I'm not like a double court guy really, but I like looked at that. I was like, "Okay, this makes sense," you know, especially for like a poppy jump like that. And I was like, "Okay, I do my front sevens like that. If I just hold onto the grab and tuck for one more, it'll probably go to twelve, and it did." So like. I don't know. That's, that's the way I broke it down. It's like so front seven to front underflip or whatever. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know. Just Yeah, it just made sense in my head. Because you could think about it. You're a front nine guy, front nine tails mm -hmm. all day for you. Mm -hmm. I think some people could think about it like I'm just going to overcook a front nine. Yeah, for sure. Same shit, kind of, for sure. Yeah. You know what front seven tails really cool that you did? I think it was in hand over fist. It's like off of a jump that comes off of like a pillow stack log where it's like film fisheye 16. Front seven tail over uh, the lens. Uh, yeah, hopes of the highest. Hopes of the highest. Bob was there for that. We got a photo. Yeah. That was my that first was... time doubling Bob out. <laughs> <laughs> but not my last. No, definitely not. We got to get back out there this winter. Yeah. Cool. I love the trick nerd talk. That's pretty fun. Uh, what else we got for Patreons? Yeah, well, we can keep the uh, trick nerd stuff going. We got a question from to Tobias Cortez. What was the most difficult trick for you to learn, and how did you overcome your difficulties? Most difficult trick for me to learn? Um, learning back tens took forever when I was younger. I don't know. Like, I'm still not very good at them. Like, I, I think the last one I did was on that... Uh, jump in Halcyon. But like that one always confused the shit out of me. Like I would always like let go of the grab early and ride, ride super uh, heel heavy. But that one took forever to learn for sure. You did it on that jacker in Halcyon, right? Yeah. What jump was that? Uh, we named it Anomaly. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it's a huge fucking jump. <laughs> it, it, we, we, we built it. That's why we call it Anomaly because like you built it, it looks mellow, it looks small, and then when you hit it, it's like it films insane, it looks fucking huge, like it looks so cool as so we just like it's an anomaly. No. Yeah, that's what we named it. So that's after the Adidas stuff, you had, what, Halcyon and Fleeting Time? Is that? E yeah. So like that year, I think that was 2020, like COVID year. I like Sage, um, big shout out to Sage. He like let me come on uh, a couple trips for Halcyon. And yeah, watching him, like his process. And I was like, that's what like really like put like a good work ethic in me. It was like filming with Sage. Like, okay, this is how you like, this is how you make rider of the year like you're getting up every day at fucking 5 a.m building huge things like all this shit so that was really cool um 
to roll with him and Jerem and Gabe on that. Uh, and then, yeah, the year after that, we started filming for, we did Hand Over Fist in Fleeting Time. Cool. I'm curious about your outlook on snowboarding and where you see yourself going. Are you wanting to keep building jackers and riding big natural ter- terrain? Do you have a direction you want to take it? Um. Yeah, I think I'm like uh, drifting more towards like natural. Well, like backcountry is like really hard to do new shit, right? Like a lot of it's been done and it's been like crazy for a long fucking time. Like it's not, I think it's not as easy as like street snowboarding to like figure out something new to do, you know? Um, and the big jumps are cool. They're like glamorous and they're like low, not low hanging fruit because they're not fucking easy to build or hit, but like they've just been so done for so long. And like now we got like Brandon and Judd out there that are like, psychos with tricks and i'm like okay well i'm not gonna be able to do the shit they're doing on big jumps so like i kind of want to like and i don't love hitting them so like i think i'm definitely moving more towards natural terrain and like still building stuff but like in different ways you know and like I, like jake blavelt too like i was when i was uh younger i got to ride a bit with him during the adidas days and like he really opened my eyes up to like hitting natural shit you're just like oh well i'm gonna like build this and he's like oh well, i'm gonna go hit this i'm like oh there's no way he's getting a clip on that and then next thing you know you're like holy shit like you did that on that like that was crazy so yeah definitely moving more towards like natty terrain as opposed to like building park jumps in the backcountry or whatever no hate on it like it's fucking amazing and i love doing it or whatever but i think i'd like to like move somewhere else with it for sure well you got a deep bag of tricks too which i think's interesting you know you got switchback rodeos you got back rodeo sevens you got all different rotations and it I love when you start seeing the the natural, you know, like Blavelt has done. You yeah. Know, you take you take your park stuff and you do it on a natty finger or whatever. Totally. And that's what like that's what feels the best, like, you know. And especially like maybe it's fucking cocky to say, but like after Pyramid, that was like such like a serotonin boost. Like I, I don't feel like I've gotten like the same feeling from like hitting jumps after, you know, like that was like a huge peak and now like what gives me that serotonin or whatever is like hitting the natural shit or like hitting something a little bit different, you know? So like I'm still going to hit jumps for sure, but I definitely like, that's not what I'm going to be focusing on moving forward. I don't think. Rad. Okay. Well, we covered most stuff here. Um, we're going to hit the pub beer crap shoot here. So there should be two dice next to you, uh, right next to the year. Yeah. You see him. Um, uh, basically, uh, you roll that dice. I'll tell you what you got to do. It's time to roll some dice for some cheap fun presented by Pub Beer. No matter what you're doing, cracking open a Pub Beer for some cheap fun is always a safe bet. Responsibly roll that dice. I'll tell you what you got to do. Uh, 10. 10. We're going to go with 11 because it's more fun. Uh, if you had to be Siamese twins with one person in the industry, which person would you be chose to be stuck with? Siamese twins? Like that's where you're attached to their yeah, body. Yeah, you're attached to their body at all times. In the industry, um, fuck, I don't know. Butters, he's pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty chill. Uh, I feel like I, I would get annoyed with everyone else, but he would get annoyed with me. Butters would be pretty chill to be. Good uh, choice. Yeah, wow. yeah. Butters would be great. You'd be on a bit of a mystical journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you there the day he s- smashed his snowmobile into the guy coming up the hill? Uh, no, that was when I was going back to Ben to buy that truck. Yep. Yep. Wild. Um, he got, his learning curve on the snowmobile was insane. 
Oh yeah, he he's bossed pretty, up. He's good. Yeah, he's good now. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, he got destroyed right before I went to Logan, and then he was all shook. And then we went out in Guardsmen's, and he broke another A arm. Oh yeah, so he got. He had to go through the ringer with his sled this year. Yeah, I was. I felt proud of him this year. He was like, I felt like at first he was like pretty shook, and like, I mean, he's been hyped on sledding for a while, but like when we were first going with Butters a few years ago, he was like, I don't think he was really feeling it, but now he's like. Let's go fucking sledding. Like, I'm going to move to McCall. <laughs> like, he's, like, so down, and it's so sick. Killer. All right, let's get into hot takes. Now, uh, this is a token of the show. Yep. Um, first one we always ask is, who is your goat, um, both male and female, in snowboarding? Um, I think it's pretty hard to argue that it's not Travis. Like, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like, he's 40 years old. He's still better than everyone. He's kind of done more for snowboarding than anyone like he's transcended the sport he's like made these films that everyone's watched now he's like has this contest that everyone watches like he's like kind of he's really giving back to everything and he's undeniably like the best to ever do it in the backcountry and like craig and terrier too obviously they're like different generations but for me like growing up it's always been travis you know um and then for female i feel like victoria jaloux is pretty has always been ahead of her time and like I don't know just like watching her ride down the mountain has always been like inspiring and I don't think anyone's really done it as good since I think Zoe's well on her way to being the best of all time but she's got a lot of years ahead of her still so I'm gonna give it to Victoria for now is snowboarding an art or a sport um it's both I think and I thought about this before, but like people say that same thing about soccer. Like they call soccer an art. So like if soccer is an art and a sport, then so is snowboarding. You know, Bob, you like soccer? Uh, we love football talk on here. Oh, okay. The yeah. real football, Chris, oh, not your Patriots bullshit. But like there, there is like you like watch someone go down the mountain. Like you watch fucking Victoria go down the mountain. You're like, that's fucking art. Mm-hmm. And then you watch fucking Travis do like a double cork whatever like and you're like all right that's kind of more sporty or like the slope style is more sporty or like the rail jam is more sporty like natural selection feels pretty sporty but like filming feels more like an art you know when you watch uh chris snowboard where would you put him <laughs> art or sport for <laughs> yeah. survival <laughs> uh but i mean both right i feel like everyone's got a little bit of both for sure thank you wow <laughs> <laughs> who's the most underrated in your eyes um, you could have really thrown me under the bus there. Thanks for <laughs> practicing restraint. I was expecting some <laughs> full blown roast. I teed him up. Yeah. He didn't hit it. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Sorry. Um, almost underrated. Probably Brent Alexander from uh, Canada. Shout out. He's fucked. Steel or powder? Powder. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, who has the best style ever? And who's got your favorite style ever? That's a better question. Favorite style ever? Mm, Nico Mueller, for sure. Favorite method? Maybe Nico. Probably Nico. <laughs> you know who's got a good method? Kurt Dog. Uh, yeah, fuck. I, I'm going to go with Curtis for my favorite method. Yeah. Uh, favorite video of all time? favorite video of all time i watch fucking 9191 a lot that's really good i dude i grew up on that's it that's all and like i feel like that's where like 
what made me want to be a pro snowboarder in the first place. So I guess I'll just uh, go with that's that that's all as lame as some people might think that is. Just blasting M83 on the way to the hill. Dude, yeah. Who, <laughs> that was like a 10-year-old kid from Montana who gives a, like, did not give a fuck at all. Okay. F- uh, favorite snowboard graphic ever? Uh, the Nitro Seth Bros board with a smiley face on it. That one's really good. That's on brand. Mm-hmm. We love that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you go pants over or under the high back? Under. Standard. Yep. Uh, you go heliboard and three people. Who are you taking? Uh, three people. Nick, Gabe, and Jonah. Okay. What's your dream sponsor? Dream sponsor? Uh, fuck. Something great. Like Visa or something. Just like free money. Whatever you go. You can get anything. Ford trucks. Ski-Doo. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Seriously, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, what, what the hell's going on? Four trucks, let's go. <laughs> okay, uh, what else we got? Uh, first try, go to backcountry. I'm going to say pat down trick. Uh, cab five. I always love the story, or actually, it's a back three, but it, Richard's at the top of step down. He goes, I'm going to do a back three. Sorry. <laughs> Whenever I'm going to do a cab five, I almost feel like saying sorry sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's like, I don't know. I'm going to do a cab five. Sorry. Sorry about it. <laughs> like, hopefully this is big, kind of. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question. Worst trend? Uh, fucking emo music. <laughs> In videos? In videos? Yeah. It's, I like it, too, but, like, come on. It's starting to get a little bit annoying. You don't want to cry at the movie premiere anymore. It's yeah, I don't really want to cry when I'm watching the snowboard videos. Sorry. <laughs> Good answer. We haven't got that yet. You know what my favorite answer ever was? J.P. Walker, and it was filler. (laughs) (laughs) He's so real, dude. Yeah. He's such a G. Holy shit. Filler, dude. Okay. uh, We're going to, we got a couple other things to cover here. We like to talk about your setup. Go into depth about what you ride and how you set it up and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so riding the Nitro Alternator, which we previously talked about. Which is also available at Tactics. And it is. And promo code BIGAIRJAR, all caps, for 20% off. That's right. Nice Ooh. plug there, Chris. Um, yeah, so I ride the 160 on, like, uh, deeper, bigger mountain days, but 157 is kind of the daily driver. Um, it kind of rides bigger than it feels, uh, or whatever. It rides bigger than a 157. You don't need as much board as you think you do with it. Um, and then bindings, I ride nitro team pro at negative or negative three, positive 12 and no forward lean 21 and a half inches apart centered, um, and centered, but the board's naturally set back. Yeah. Centered on the inserts. Centered on the inserts. Yep. Yep. yep, Exactly. And then, yep. Arcteryx gear, head to toe, uh, dragon goggles, whole shebang. Yeah. More, more or less it. You touch your edges? Anything weird with the nope, setup? No, I don't, I don't really do shit to my board. Wax it every once in a while. How long does your sticker job take to do? Uh, dude, it used to take way longer. I've kind of simplified my my process. You know, it changes when when you have new different stickers to put on your board. Like when I had Adidas stickers to put on the board, it was kind of more of a process because you have these stripes going everywhere. But now it's it's pretty simplistic. Yeah, mm. but I yeah I'll uh. I'll, 
I'll set up a sticker job on a board and like not fucking ride the board because I hate it. Mm-hmm. I'll just like set up a different board and like I'm not feeling this sticker job. Now you mentioned briefly. I'd like to hear you elaborate. You said that it the board ride you can ride a 57, but it rides bigger than it is, kind of. Yeah, I just think like it's a little bit wider. And I, I, I learned this from fucking Travis. Because I, I was like always riding the 160. I'm like, I need the 160 for like deep pal. Like I want to float. And then, but they're not as nimble. Like especially for like trees and like pillow kind of stuff. Like you want like a shorter board to like be able to like bounce back and forth, you know. And it like doesn't feel like as small as a 157 should feel, you know. As a standard, like a twin 57 would feel, you know. Yeah, and you're set back. So and you're set so back. So you're floating better. So you're floating. And like the board is like, it's got the early rise. So like you're not going to like nosedive, you know. I think it's interesting talking about board setups too, because as for powder boards for me, I would ride more of a twin board that was a little bit set back because in the event that I was going to land switch into powder, I wanted to be able to land. However, when you think about it, 90% of the time you're riding regular, right? You're not just, I mean, I'm not just doing switch carves down the run. Yeah, for sure. I think like, I, I used to ride a twin in the pow and then like, we got this board going, and it's like, all right, 95% of the fucking time, I'm, like, riding forward, you know? And, like, this board's cool because we put a lot of kick in the tail, and it is, like, comfortable to ride switch, and you don't have to, like... But there is enough, like, in the nose where you can, like, really lean into it and not, like, go back. So I think it's, like, a really good balance of a... I, like, that's that's kind of, like, what I told him was, like, I want to make the team, which is, like, the standard board in the line, but, like, a powder version. So, and I think they killed it with it. What was the inspo for the uh, artwork on your board? Um, I think just uh, kind of like a quiver killer, which is kind of funny because there's a lot of Brian's line is called the quiver, so I don't really want to kill it. But uh, yeah, so like a lot of all the tools, <laughs> all the tools in the toolbox come together to make this. Like this is like mm. everything you need, you know. Mm, Swiss Army knife. Yeah, Swiss Army knife. Yeah, exactly. And then the graphic was uh, also is it's reminded me of the old Benny with the shanks and all that. Yeah. Also kind of reminds me of your little thing back there. Oh. What? What are you putting? Little hand sketch right the bomb you. hole. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of similar. Well, that's because it comes from the garage and we used to have tools and all that stuff. Uh, now, I'm curious. This is a hard-hitting question. How is it working with Bob uh, over at Nitro? <laughs> it just seems like a bit of a nightmare scenario. Uh, it can. I don't know. It can be. He's kind of stingy with the fucking orders sometimes. <laughs> Uh, he wanted like 10 fucking alternators of those boards. I was like, dog, I only got 10 right now in the, sh- in the, well, sp- I also, well, I also deal with canoe and I was like, yo, like, let me get a bunch of them like for friends and family basically. And he's like, yep, yeah, I got you like as many as you need. I'm like, fuck yeah. Thanks canoe. And then I hit up, I'm like, how many we got? Can I get like six? And he's like, I have two for you. <laughs> and I'm like, I have three in the garage. So it's not that crazy to ask for that many of my pro model snowboard, Bob. Sounds like somebody didn't put in the order that they were promised. Yeah. Seems like Bob is... I being, didn't make the order. Seems like Bob is a bit of a dream killer over there, you could say. <laughs> well, it's nice having Canute and Bob because they kind of just like blame each other when something goes wrong. <laughs> no one, cop, no, bad cop. Yeah, no one's ever really <laughs> responsible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not sure how that one fell through the cracks. must have been Canute. <laughs> yeah. oh, it must have been Bob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, how's it working with uh, Big Air Jerry, Bob? Do you enjoy, you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, it's filled with a lot of moments like what happened at Retallic, you know, some awkward moments like that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the shit. We always have a good time when we go out. He's always down to double me, you know. Is he a professional? He a g- yeah, he's pro. Hmm. We always have a good time out there. Banter. 
Bob's all time. Bob's the shit. He was really cool to me from a young age. I've known Bob for like 10 years now, like one of like the longest people I've known in the industry for sure. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about this guy's contract here because he's got, you know, he's coming off of some big natural selection results, uh, coming off a big brown part. Uh, I've, I have a feeling that those budgets are going to be getting depleted when it's time for him to resign. Um, can we talk about that, Bob? Or Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for him because every time he goes to drop in at natural selection, the board comes up for sponsors and it's just blank. <laughs> you know, for, so the outside world is probably like, who is this kid, you know? Mm-hmm. He's coming out of nowhere. He doesn't even have a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. contract, you know? Yeah, he's not really representing the brand well is what I'm kind of mm-hmm. hearing. Well, they... No, no, it's not on him. It's on natural selection. Oh, you gotta put pay, his, oh. you gotta pay to have the the logo when they go drop in. Oh, that's a part of the deal. That's yeah. not that's not free, man. Yeah, it's we always I always tease him about that. I'm like, oh dude, you're not really sponsored by anybody, but you're in natural selection. How does mm-hmm. that work? Well, Canute asked me, he's like, Should I put this in there? Or should I give him this money? I'm like, dude, you should give that money to someone else. to someone else. I don't know. <laughs> like everyone I feel like everyone knows that I ride for Nitro. Like we don't need to have like a logo right there for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm wondering this. Um, you know, we're building a team for run through wall smelling salts, um, and I I would love to see you in a full wrapped uh, run through wall smelling salts helmet dropping into Natty Select. Uh, again, this would have to be a massive helmet for your giant head. <laughs> you're um, you're going to get a lot of good real estate. Yeah, yeah, that's like, it's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be fucking cheap. It's a big wrap. Yeah. yeah you got to get a car wrap. <laughs> It's, it's a, a good space, fit. Space ball something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, is that uh, something you'd be interested in entertaining, or what do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll always take the meeting. You know. Yeah, you'll take the. You meeting. gotta, you gotta deal with Cersei though. That's yeah, good. yeah. Well, you know, it seems like you you like the product. So yeah, I mean, I got fucking ten of them stacked right here. Yeah, you know, you got you got unlimited budget on in terms of uh, salts coming in your way. So just that's something to think about too. Yeah. You know, imagine like you right before you drop in, hit a smelling salt, do your run and revy, land, and then you know how people hold the energy drink bottle. You're just kind of holding the bottle, bottle of salt, bottle of pills. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Just like hit it at the top, just forget where the fuck you're going. You just fly off like a hundred footer. You're like, thanks, thanks, run through a wall. Thank you. <laughs> Think of what it did for you in this situation, and then you're up there. You yeah. might be going first place. Yeah, you know, I'd be interested in trying it. I think it it couldn't hurt, right? Yeah. We'll get we'll get uh, Runky on the phone with uh, Searcy. Yeah, exactly. Just, let them duke it let out. Them just kind of just throw <laughs> I'd some, love throw to some hear weight that around. Uh, all right. So uh, lastly, uh, we got to ask. Well, first, what's next for uh, Big Air Jer? Um. Yeah, I think gonna be filming a project this winter with Mini Bike. I hope. I don't I don't have confirmation on that, so maybe this is crazy to say right now, but gonna be doing natural selection again. Um gonna go taking the month of January off filming to go just ride Baker, which I'm really stoked for because I felt like I haven't snowboarded that much, not in front of a camera for like two or three years. So I'm just hyped to go like ride and like actually get better at snowboarding instead of just like trying shit for a camera all the time. So do that and then yeah, film another project, do the contest, and yeah. Amazing. Yeah, stoked. Cool. And then uh, lastly, before we wrap this up, uh, any thank yous? Um, yeah, for sure. My parents, I can't stress enough that I could not have done any of this without them. So major shout out to Simon and Greta. Love you guys so much. My brother, Austin, Curtis, Jake, Butters, everyone brown. 
I don't know. There's too many to, to name. Gabe Ferg, Ben Ferg, everyone in bed. Anyone that's ever supported me, all the sponsors, too many to list. I couldn't be here without them. Very grateful, very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in, and it's not just because of me, for sure. Amazing. Uh, and then everybody that's listening, be sure to check out Brown's video. It's out by the time this podcast comes out, so it'll be out for a while. Uh, amazing video. Obviously, you got your pro model board. Um, so yeah, all kinds of good ways to support you. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, yep. Instagram's just at big air Jer. That's pretty much my only thing. Kind of fucking thinking about changing my name up. I made that when I was like 13. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll see if I get remorse on that by the time this comes out. But, uh, yeah, just find me on Instagram. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, Bob, thanks for co-hosting. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Jer, thanks for coming on, sharing your Dude, story. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. It was a blast. Lastly, Silk, thanks for doing what you do. Yeah, hey, Silk. It's my job. We give Silk an air horn. Actually, yeah. let's give Silk a homie's cooked, I think. Yeah. Homie's cooked. Yeah. Yo, it's like 40 degrees outside, and Silk's showing up with like a, his midriff exposed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he takes Style his scissors. Matters. He takes yeah. his scissors to the fucking the merch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also, thank you to all the sponsors, everybody that supports all of our Patreon mem- members. We couldn't do this without you guys. So, uh, yeah, we got another episode coming at you next week. And uh, thanks for tuning in and have a good holidays, guys. You! Thank you, guys. Yeah.